Charlie Brown, oh Charlie Brown. I can't believe it. She must think I'm the most stupid person alive. Come on, Charlie Brown. I'll hold the ball and you kick it. Hold it? Ha! You'll pull it away and I'll land flat on my back and kill myself. But Charlie Brown, it's Thanksgiving. What's that got to do with anything? Well, one of the greatest traditions we have is the Thanksgiving Day football game. And the biggest, most important tradition of all is the kicking off of the football. Is that right? Absolutely. Come on, Charlie Brown. It's a big honor for you. Well, if it's that important, a person should never turn down a big honor. Maybe I should do it. Besides, she wouldn't try to trick me on a traditional holiday. This time I'm gonna kick that football clear to the moon! Ah! Isn't it peculiar, Charlie Brown, how some traditions just slowly fade away? I can't compare love when it's not love. It's not love. It's not love. Which is my face? Which is a building?
mailbox. What did you expect? A turkey card? Holidays always depress me. I know what you mean. I went down to buy a turkey tree. And all they have are things for Christmas. For Christmas? Already? Anyway, why should I give thanks on Thanksgiving? What have I got to be thankful for? All it does is make more work for us at school. Do you know what, what we have to do now? We have to write an essay on Stanley Miles. You mean Miles Standish? I can't keep track of all those people. What's all the commotion? We've got another holiday to worry about. It seems Thanksgiving Day is upon us. I haven't even finished eating all my Halloween candy. Sally, Thanksgiving is a very important holiday. Ours was the first country in the world to make a national holiday to give thanks. Isn't he the cutest thing? What are you going to do on Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown? My mother and dad and Sally and I are all going over to my grandmother's for dinner. Why don't you come along, Linus? We can hold hands at the recording. Table. Okay. <coughs> oh, and I, um, on, on the drive home from finishing my errands, I realized what song uh, needs to be the opener. Okay. Um, and I forgot what it's called, but it is a talking head song. Okay. I know most of those. Um, not that one. For everyone at home, we just had a rousing discussion about uh, uh, the quality of um, uh, products sold in New Mexico and Florida and comparing them, and uh, it's quite different. Hello, and uh, this is Reality Issues uh, episode 30. As it turns out, it's our 30th episode. I think we've been doing this podcast since, honestly, I can't remember, June? No, I I want to say it was, maybe that's a good question. Wow, I don't even know. Um, I started podcasting last year in May. the end of the year. May, maybe it was May, yeah. Because I want to say, I want to say it was like kind of, it was like still springy season. Like we had it, like it was still kind of chilly. I seem to remember like I was still wearing sweaters occasionally. Okay. Because it was like cold enough. I don't remember, like, I don't know, like, because if it was like May, I don't think I'd be in a sweater. I could look up the answer right now, but I kind of just want to. I kind of like that we don't know. Yeah, I like that we don't actually know. You know? I don't know. I know it's been, this will be of our 30th episode, and, and uh, it will be season three episode, let's see, five, I think. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I've been having a pretty good day. I think I was able to check out some video game stuff I was wanting to check out for a long time, the new Call of Duty Warzone thing, the... It's like the Fortnite of Call of Duty. It's very cool, very fun. Um, check it out. Okay, I really I can't find it. Um, I know yeah. the lyrics because there's this well because it's topical, um, and it's the bit where um, 
he goes, okay, I'm about to sing. Pardon everyone if it is like worse than the best karaoke no, or great. whatever. But it's when he goes and they go tweet, 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 like little nice. bits. Right? I'm singing in my head. Uh-huh. It's on the second album. Which, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, which is a building. Which, which is, is on, on fire. fire. Right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, so that one. Uh, let me find it. Hold on. I got That's better. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that gave me a hit. It is called Love Building on Fire. Yes, that's it. That's what it's called. Um, yeah, that was helpful. Thank you, because that helped me put in one more keyword. I, I was able to be like, okay, fire is in there. I could sing. I bet you I could sing most. <laughs> that's my favorite Talking Heads album, the second one. So I could probably sing most of those songs. I am incredibly good at remembering lyrics of kind of any thing that I hear, let's say three times. If you wow. play it for me three times, I'll like, uh, like I'm ready. I'm not like that at the all. The thing I is, is that most of the times. time I'm like, like I'm like once is enough, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, so, so uh, how about this? <laughs> I have listened to Talking Heads, um, Surfer Rosa, excuse me, Pixies, Surfer Rosa, at <laughs> least 500 times. I know that I oh, have, at least. without a question, I know that I've listened to it, because it's only like 40 minutes long anyway. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But man. And then I bet you I've listened to, yeah, more songs about buildings and food, mm -hmm. somewhere in the 300 range, something like that. I know I have. I mean, I even have it on vinyl and everything. I was like crazy about like listening to it on vinyl. Yeah. I was like, this is like I had cool. all of their shit on vinyl. Yeah. yeah. That was, yeah. I don't anymore. I got rid of most of my records, which I don't really regret. Sometimes I regret. And then most of the time I'm like, no, I don't. I mean, here, let me, um, let me tell other you. than the like, sen the, there's some truly sentimental albums, you know, but for the most part, I'm like, no, I just bought this at Amoeba, whatever. Who cares? So I have to deal with that emotion with getting rid of Ugh. all of my uh, giant stack of newspapers here. No, that's okay. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. But the idea was the reason it's all confined to this table, because it's kind of like where I do the, the business, but, mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, um, the news business. This is where I business. do the news business. It's true. Like I have citizen journalist. I was going over <laughs> citizen journalists. Are we? It's true. Uh, I have all my books and my true. papers and we're it, democratizing the news. Exactly. We're, we're Elon Musk's worst nightmare. Uh, it, that's, that's so funny. I think that that's actually uh, true. But I also think that his going forward, his revenue stream may be from people like us, which is strange as well um well but i don't i mean i'll say this i i have zero intention of paying for twitter at this point no don't like you know i, I mean i just i wouldn't i mean even even if they were like we're locking people out of accounts unless you give us money i'd be like okay bye see ya like um, and I think I've mentioned this before. I, I do feel like they could have monetized it at some point, and I would have gladly plucked down money. Yeah. Um, I think I am well past that feeling, though. Yes. Well, well past it. Especially the, just the current scenario as it's, as it's currently yeah. unfolding is beyond bizarre. I don't even know, like, I, I'm, I'd be surprised if my $8 ever gets, like, billed a second time. I don't think it will. Hmm. No, we may not get there. I mean, we're only halfway through November, right? I mean, oh, yeah. it's 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 and, and and literally like 
he told i don't know the situation was that nobody was even supposed to come to work until monday so as they figure out who's working there and who's not it's like and they already let go a bunch of people before this scenario so yeah no they're they're down like 88 percent. i think even by conservative estimates wow they're like from where they were pre-musk to now they're like at 20 30 percent let's say even 30 let's be generous and say they're at 30 percent uh-huh. of their previous staff at a at a place like that that you don't just do that right like there's no. there has to be sensible downsizing um whatever that fucking means there right has to like be bare and, minimum requirements of work that has to get done to mm-hmm. have that place continue financially and otherwise mm-hmm. to operate like checks have to get you know, signed and, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think about like, you know, I'm not even in a complex ecosystem like Twitter when I'm at my day job, right? We have less than 10 employees. I would say that each of us are specialized enough um, that if any one of us is gone, it absolutely 100% has a ripple effect, even though we're all kind of siloed, right? We essentially have an HR person. We essentially have someone who's like a tech person, right? Um, And so thinking about like even just one of them being out sick or even like a planned vacation, right? Like, it's like, oh no, what are we gonna do? You know, like, and I couldn't imagine like, having to do that like randomly like just you know yeah seven of my seven of the 10 you know seven out of 10 of those staffs just suddenly disappeared i'd be like what like <laughs> like oh i guess pa- uh pack it in guys i guess we're up. like what are you gonna do now like how and you have to <laughs> do something different i guess i i guess our if if we had a tech expert then i guess we're now the fact that I know how to run an Excel spreadsheet is going to have to be like a good substitute for literally all of that expertise and knowledge, which of course comes nowhere close. Right. Like, um, like our HR person has gone through like all of the required, like state and legal trainings and things like that. You know, things are better important. Yeah. Like things that, I mean, even for a small organization like ours, again, like 10, 10 employees, like it's not a very big place, but like, yeah, you have to have like, there's regulations. There's, you know, you have to, someone has to know who to pay the city of Santa Fe's our stupid little license or whatever. Like all matters. I wouldn't know how to fucking pay our building rent. Like I don't even know who those people are you know like i'd have to be like you're gonna have to i'm just gonna stand outside all day and wait for them to show up i guess and ask i'm gonna wait for them to ask me i guess and be like oh i don't know but you know or whatever like i don't know i just that's also like what i'm picturing at twitter you know like there's one person's job who it is to like empty the one data server that yeah. fills up with memory for some reason. And they have to go in and like turn it off and, and you know, they have to unplug it from the it, wall. And they only keep track of it in their head. They've been doing it for a long time, but that's why they yeah. only have to keep track of it in their head. But when they're gone and their, you know, supervisor didn't know that that was a thing they did. Yeah. Then, yeah. No, then I'm also picturing like a bunch of you know that Gordon. There, there's that tweet about Gordon Ramsay's kitchen nightmares, and someone says, "Oh goddamn, you have a little ghoulie in there. It's like eating shit." 
I picture that like there must be like Twitter necromancers who have like what? little goblins like right like plugging and unplugging the servers almost like old-timey like telephone operators somewhere i don't know they're the people who bring it's like all a mystery to me yeah they're the people who bring the accounts back from like 2018 who word search something you've said and that's their first post (laughs) in seven years and they're like huh this seems sus or something like that you're like what is this who are you it obviously is like bot activity but what some of it is human so like what is happening why did they pick this dead account? Like, uh, oh happens Lord. All, it happens to me twice yeah. a month. So weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, if you even mention certain things, that you'll automatically get replies that are like, "I'm a photographer," or like, "I'm I'm good at making websites," but it's like, "I love this T-shirt." Yeah, I it's T-shirts. If you say the word T-shirt, a bot will approach you briskly. <laughs> We can print this on a t-shirt. Find out now. (laughs) Right now. I wish I could have this image in a t-shirt or possibly on a mug. (laughs) I would love this image of Garfield with muscles um, on everything available, please. (laughs) On the other side, I want um, the one of Buff Garfield dancing, you know? (laughs) With a hard hat. Yeah, like... Hello? Hi, Chuck. This is Peppermint Patty. How you been, Chuck? Okay, I guess. Do you kind of miss me, Chuck? Well, I, uh... That's okay, Chuck. I know you probably can't talk because someone's listening. We'll keep these intimate things to ourselves, okay, Chuck? Well, I, um... Listen, I really have a treat for you. My dad's been called out of town. He said I could go over to your house and share Thanksgiving with you, Chuck. Well, I, uh... I don't mind inviting myself over because I know you kind of like me, Chuck. Well, I, uh... Okay, that's a date. See you soon, you sly devil. Oh, brother. Now what? Peppermint Patty's coming to Thanksgiving dinner. We won't even be home. Hello? Hi, Chuck. Listen, I have even greater news. Remember that great kid, Marcy? Sure. I just talked to her and she kind of would like to see you again. And her folks said it would be okay if she joined us. She can count on two for dinner, Chuck. But I just don't know. This will be okay with your folks, won't it, Chuck? Well, the problem is... Don't worry. We won't make any problems. We'll help clean up the dishes and everything. Just save me a drumstick in the neck. Okay, Chuck? See you, Chuck. How do I always get into these things? Now she's bringing Marcy, too. It's your own fault, because you're so wishy-washy. Hello? Hey, guess who just walked in over here? It's Franklin. I told him about the big turkey party you're having, and he's sure his folks will let him come. Hey, Chuck, this is going to be the biggest bash of the year. See ya. I think I'm losing control of the whole world. Now what's wrong? Now she's bringing Franklin, too. Peppermint Patty's invited herself, Marcy, and Franklin over for Thanksgiving dinner. And I'm not even going to be home. I'm going to be at my grandmother's. 
Why don't you just call her back and explain it to her? You can't explain anything to Peppermint Patty because you never get to say anything. I'm doomed. Three guests for Thanksgiving and I'm not even going to be home. Peppermint Patty will hate me for the rest of my life. What time are you going over to your grandmother's, Charlie Brown? We're supposed to be there by 4.30. Okay, that makes it easy. You simply have two dinners. You cook the first one yourself for your friends, and then you go to your grandmother's with your family for the second one. I can't cook a Thanksgiving dinner. All I can make is cold cereal and maybe toast. That's right. I've seen you make toast. You can't butter it, but maybe we could help you. Snoopy, you go out to the garage and get a table that we can set up in the backyard. Oh, Lord. Uh, oh, we are certainly ready. Well, we are ready to start the show. Okay. <laughs> So as we're as we're thinking about that, as we're thinking about starting mm -hmm. the show, let me start with something. Um, we heard the song, by the way, of course. But, oh yes, you know that was a lovely song. I'm a big yeah. fan of that song. And as I was thinking about that song, I was thinking about um, buildings and food, and what uh, mm -hmm. better way to see buildings and food than to take an international cruise. Um, to some various international destinations uh, mm -hmm. along on Oceania Cruises, Your World, Your Way. We're going to explore more with limited time free land programs, which does not mean real estate. It means we're going to go on land for free, which I assume huh. is built into the price as all marketing things are. But um, these are cruises. This is I, I found this in the uh, in the Wall Street Journal. It was like a couple days ago. Okay. Um, the only reason so it's like an advert. It's like advertising insert, or is it yes. by the Wall Street Journal? Advertising okay. insert, and they, okay. they occasionally. The reason I bring this one up is because I was I was waiting to uh, to bring this up on the show at some point, just because it's such a curious thing. But usually they have these little tiny pamphlets that are like mm -hmm. eight pages mm -hmm. only. This one's like a whole dang magazine, basically about. Oh no, all... we are back, baby. We are back. We are back, big time. As it turns out, because as they flip through these pages, these cruises that they do basically go around the world, and they become like uh, it seems, um, mm -hmm. like a let's say a four star experience. But because you're going to be on there for you know two weeks, three weeks, whatever, it's like mm -hmm. you know. So this one's going from San Francisco uh, down to uh, uh, Chile. It goes from January 15th to February 8th. Um, let's see. If you want to be on the concierge level veranda, that's kind of like a tier two business business class kind of situation. It's going to sit you back, you know, on the O-Life Choice Fair uh, of $97.99 per person. And I just think about, and I mean, look at these destinations. You're going from uh, San Francisco, a couple stops in California, down to uh, Mexico. Then we're going to go all the way down the coast of South America. It's quite, quite a lot of sp stops. Um, 
it just makes me so, think and about so the cruise what, industry what, like, compa- Yeah, so like what companies are these for? Is this like Princess Cruises type the, of shit? Yeah, this is... Or is this like the Canard Cruises? Yeah, this is the Oceania Cruises. So I assume they have probably like middle-sized ships, but they're like more high-end luxury kind of stuff. Um, yeah, if you go ahead and go to their website, it's Oceania yeah. Cruises. But they have a zillion... They were the, they were the cruise line a couple years ago. It was like you know mid pandemic really like when we were in that world space there was a cruise line that made up some news because they were selling like ahead of time like two years ahead of time like a world trip like a live on a cruise ship for like a whole year or something like that Mm -hmm. the ship's gonna travel the whole world that was this company um and i can tell because if i'm looking correctly at their um itinerary here that it is literally contiguous so each Mm-hmm. cruise tour is just that but now broken up into like pieces so they're filling like the empty seats essentially it would seem mm-hmm. that way mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. on another ship perhaps doing the same route it's it's really quite interesting i mean you could really go from mumbai to bangkok um all th- all throughout thailand there um i mean it really covers everything but it, it reminds me of just how the people who read uh, the, let's see, the direct customer base of the $5 a day newspaper <laughs> is looking at this. And I don't know who, who is the reader of the Wall Street Journal? Are they like retirees? Or are they like, besides like, you know, the people on Wall Street themselves, the 20 and 30 year olds who are like working 25, eight, like. Okay. So. So let's 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 go on a cruise because these cruises are all like 10 grand here, basically. Right. Yeah. No, that's what I'm looking at. So like, you know, let's say we wanted to go Miami to Rome. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. It says view pricing and details. So I'm doing that right now. Let's say that you and I wanted to go from Miami transatlantic. Uh, land in a couple of islands along the way. Oh wow! Uh, go through the Strait of Gibraltar Beautiful. and into Rome. Let's say we wanted to do that. Excellent. Um, Let's sign us up. This is a sixteen-day voyage. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, and it says two thousand seven hundred dollars per guest, starting at. So that's like huh. probably like the closet, you know. Um, but you know, still a luxury closet, an Instagram closet. I mean, we're not talking like, you know, like we're not actually talking the Titanic, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Hey, everything is included. We have a free beverage package and your shore excursions are included and we have an $800 shipboard credit as well. So, I mean, that's value. That's savings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And, and, you know, this doesn't, you know, take into account, for example, our own, let's say, individual costs from, like, uh, initial departure location, right? So, like, in this right. example, right, like, I like I still am on the hook for getting to Miami, for example, yeah. somehow. Yeah, I'm going to have right? to, Right, like, so there are still additional shuttle. costs here, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, a shuttle or whatever, right? I mean, nonetheless, right? So, um the highest end on this ship, though, would be 
$15,900. Wow. So from like eight, eight the 2700 gets you a square foot footage of 174. Oh, that's for the room, though. So you could have a two-person room. That's your yeah. stateroom price. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. And so that then, is like two people then. Hmm. Yeah. And then the, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, the uh, $15,900 one gets you a room that is 2,000 square feet. Hmm. Right. Wow. So that's, that's incredible. Wait, that's nuts. 2,000 yeah. square feet on a ship? That's yeah. like living, that's yeah. like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. That's like a Vegas, like, suite. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, and that's that one, you know? I mean, that, that that's, I was looking at, um, you know, it, it seems like there's other, other crazy possibilities yeah just, i said you know like there's one there's one section that is just tagged as grand voyages um oh how about hong kong to tokyo uh it's about Jesus. two weeks that's uh, next march <laughs> we're looking at 2023 dates here everyone yeah um wow jesus it's crazy seeing that some of like miami to santiago to chile start 51 days aboard a ship starts at 11 grand right and that's again just the starting you have a miami to miami 77 days aboard the ship around, 17 grand starting around the world in less than 80 days yeah <laughs> Slightly oh my less. god oh my god yes <laughs> that's nuts yeah jesus yeah, no, that's that's wild. Uh, if I ever win some kind of money prize, which is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will blow the first twenty grand on doing something like that because that sounds like. just like a, a a fun way to waste that much money. <laughs> that would yeah. you'd gain some kind of insane experience out of. You could be like, yeah, I took this weird worldwide ship trip. Okay, so I went to the Cunard Lines and looked up a round trip transatlantic. Mm -hmm. uh, New York to New York, let's say. Okay. And this one says it starts at two grand per person. Well, See, so I feel so that huh. that answers that question, right? The, the The Wall Street Journal reader is the person for whom they wouldn't need to win the Powerball to just be like yeah let's go do this you know like, yeah, let's, let's blow 20 grand i guess it's like a vegas trip for some of those guys, yeah you right? know like yeah but i mean it's still you know so it's still pretty pricey yeah, yeah it's still a lot pricier than i think you know because i would think like no i could do a vegas trip for how much dare me you know <laughs> <laughs> oh it depends on how much you want to gamble yeah right um but also like how much shit could i also get my ass comped at fucking vegas anyway right like yeah i don't I'm know charming. the tricks and traps or how to i've never been so i don't know any of the secrets or do's and don'ts about like uh maximizing your vegas experience i mean you know there's like tips and all of that shit but 
some of it's just kind of basic, you know, like um, they, they, they always have rooms. They're happy to comp you if they think you're like nice or something. You can even just ask. Please. Huh. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. yeah. Be like, hey, I really, you know, I, you know, I had to come in for a conference, but I was so busy. I didn't get a chance to book a hotel. And, you know, I was wandering around. I actually really like this one. How about if I gamble my money here? Yeah. I was looking to learn how to play blackjack. Anyone know uh, a table around here? Yeah. <laughs> it's they're like, oh, yes, sir, please. <laughs> no, um, it's not. I don't think it's what you know. I mean, I don't know. I feel like Vegas is that kind of way, you know? Yes, I would um, one day like to take a, a trip to see and experience those things, you know? See, like, one of those shows that everyone talks about. Like, you got to go see one of these install. Um, I don't know. Who, who's the big musical artist who's, like, living in Vegas these days? Like, Adele or something? Or Oh, I don't know. Let's look. I mean, when I was in California... I used to date a fellow who had family in Las Vegas. Mm. So we would go kind of back and forth kind of frequently. Okay. Um, you know, because they had family there. But, uh, yeah, it's really fun. I can't, I, cool. I can't really, I, I think it's a really fun place. I, you yeah. know. I, um, I'm reminded of that book that I haven't, uh, Addiction by Design right there. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. is all about that town specifically um i'd like to know yeah maybe it's time for some research some hands-on research with some video slot machines because mm -hmm. mostly that's what i'm interested in as well is, is that psycholo psychology slash technology combo applied to basically everything else that is uh sold to us it's coming it's already here actually yeah i mean i i feel like i i I don't really go crazy in Vegas. It's, I, like, you know, I'm just like, I, I'm enjoying the all-you-can-eat buffet. That's enjoyable. That's the shit I like. That sounds awesome. Because um, like, I know it's like good, crazy, cool stuff. Yeah, fucking amazing, right? And then like I would always try to go to like the weird museums. Like, uh, like when I was going, the Liberace Museum was still open. Sadly, it is no longer. Oh, wow. The Elvis Museum was still open. Again, sadly, it oh, too is no longer. That's very surprising. Um, the Pinball uh, Museum, though, however, is still there. Oh, that's cool. Highly recommended. The very coolest cool. thing I've ever seen. Kind of anywhere, I think. It's, it's the most amazing thing. Um, it's basically like, imagine like the size of like a giant supermarket or something. And that's basically what it looks like, too. Um except instead of like aisles of groceries, it's aisles of pinball machines. And when you start at one end, you're basically at the very beginning of pinball history. And they do their best to keep all of the machines operable, even if you can't always play them. Like some of them are kind of delicate, so but they'll keep them playable so that a employee can be like, okay, I'm gonna demonstrate the fucking oldest pinball machine now. Yeah, wow. And all the nerds are like, let's go fucking look, right? That's awesome. Um, but they do try to keep as many of them as possible as, like, available for people to, like, play. So you go in with a fucking shitload of quarters, and let me tell you, it is the fucking funnest thing you've ever done. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And way better, of course, than the stupid little fucking, you know, slot machine 
Yeah. Button pushing, button Absolutely. mashing, right? It's the button mashing of gambling, yeah. right? It's, uh, it is. But that's why, uh, but that's actually in the, uh, kind of to be an extra little nerd about this at the moment. Yeah. Uh, when I was a math teacher, I used to teach a video game development class. And mm. I would teach my kids how to code. This was a long time ago before it was cool to be doing shit like this. This was like 07, 08. Wow, that's extremely cool. And, um, one of the courses that I did uh, was a history of video games. And so we actually start with the pinball machine because uh, the pinball paddles, which was all mechanical, all this was a mechanical game, they had the paddles to get around gambling because otherwise they were essentially pachinko machines, right? So instead, so the the addition of the flapper takes it from a game of chance to oh, a game skill. of skill. Right. Okay. So then they could take you then you could drop in your little fucking quarter and you know yeah now it's something different and so hence like I like in the history of like gaming it's the first buttony mashy game you can play yeah. like that it's crazy so they have all kinds of crazy ones i have like a bunch of photos from when i went there i mean this was years ago it's on an old mac i'm actually trying to revive it by connecting it to a living mac but oh. we'll see you know mount the hard drives and shit so yeah we'll get there oh my god that's, that, cool. that's, that's very a, cool that's a winter project okay uh, anyway we'll get to that later Right. 
it just seems now All he wants to do is fight <laughs> Little birdie Look at what he's trying to do It's so easy Yet he don't know what to do Adele is headlining, Barry Manilow is headlining, Billy Idol has two concerts coming up in uh, November 18th and 19th. That's tonight and tomorrow. We're missing it. God damn it. So does John Fogarty. We'd have to be choosing between Billy Idol and John Fogarty right now. Take it easy. Um, Wait, that's But, you know, Barry Manilow has 65 concerts coming up, let me tell you. I have seen Barry Manilow in Vegas. It's a show I absolutely Barry love. Manilow. Doesn't he perform with Fucking Lady Gaga? Isn't he like a... I don't know. No, that was uh, Tony Bennett. Oh, Although me. maybe Barry Manilow Tony does Bennett. it now. Tony Bennett. That's yeah. Right. Uh, Wayne Newton. Aerosmith. I don't know who Gordy Brown is, but he's... he's Engelbert Humperdinck has two shows coming up. Wow. I don't know who Miranda Lambert is, but she was like an American Idol, I think. Uh, she was a country musician, I think. Got right? you. Like no, a pop, okay. Like a pop. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. George Strait, which is a name I recognize, and ZZ Top has some. Bruno Mars, The Killers. These are the kinds Bruno of fans Mars. that headline, um, in Vegas. Let's see. Do they have like Branson? What kind of uh, venues are there? Are they like, you know, just like a, a huge arena kind of size? Okay. No, they're more like they're they're more like kind of fancy mm. performing arts theater like community performing arts theater venues that okay. are inside the casino. Okay, that that makes sense. Okay, so yeah, so like picture yeah, like uh the Conejo Valley Players Club Auditorium, right? Some shit like that. And there's a Yeah, just drop it right in the middle of the Wynn Hotel and that's what it is. So, you know. There's a there's a couple stage shows in New York City, like Broadway plays that are housed inside of hotels. The Beetlejuice, the current Beetlejuice one is like inside of like a Wyndham or I don't know, some fancy hotel in there. Uh Marriott, actually, that's what it is. Um so I imagine it's like that. Well, that's interesting. I've never actually been to a casino at, at large. Well, other than uh, one time I went to Buffalo Thunder to see Dave Attell, actually. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah, the concerts I saw here at casinos in Santa Fe, I saw Willie Nelson. That was awesome. Yeah, I, I uh, pretend that's an awesome opportunity to have. And what else? I don't know, something else, but kind of forgettable. I probably went like by accident. Like I probably went because it was like, oh, they're having the chocolate and chili food festival here at the casino this time or something, you know, like. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. The that's That was at the casino too, right? Yeah, well, like kind of random food fair thingies mm-hmm. would happen. And so sometimes you're like, oh, like I came for, 
green chili and wine fest or whatever because that's one too right so like so they're kind of hosted sometimes like at um you know places like the like ranches sometimes you know like the rancho de las colombrinas tends to sometimes host things like that too but anyway right so like i think the second one was like completely forgettable right it was like sticks or something. <laughs> <laughs> poison or something i don't know something, once... <laughs> something you kind of recognize know a couple songs they play them you know you fucking sing along you're already kind of fucked up by then so it's a great yeah. time whatever what's another 15 bucks to watch the concert right yeah, like that's, that's all the concerts i ever saw at meow wolf were like a band that i'd never heard of and then like would would listen to like one song after i like saw them and be like oh yeah okay oh this is happening yeah. great let's go great, yeah. check out the thing that's here <laughs> let's go look at these out of towners and stare at them yeah let's go see (laughs) let's go let's go pay 15 dollars to see an indie band from two years ago uh play our town uh i guess it's gotten better it has it has no it was and 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 we brought big time talent to their stage so that was fun and comedy i don't know that they've ever done comedy before or since so yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I don't they know. have. I think it was. Let's see. Uh, Fortune Feimster was up there, and then who else? Well, who was her alternate? That was where someone else performed there too. Can't remember. Anyway, weren't we talking about the? Ex- anyway, yeah. What have you been watching? What have I been watching? Let's see. I've been watching some tremendous stuff lately. Um. Ooh, on Netflix, I recently watched, well, I have been watching The Vow, because there's a season two of The Vow now, so I'm watching, I'm halfway through season one. Um, yeah, same. It's just, it's just same. you have to kind of take your time on that one, because it is kind of, it's dense, and you know, there's a lot of things out there to watch, so I'm kind of spreading that okay. one around, but I heard season Okay, well, two. why don't we pause there, because okay. I have, see, so you said you're halfway through season episode, one? Episode six. Of the first season? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, while you finish watching it, no spoilers. Cause I, I did start watching the second season, the okay. newest episodes. Cause I did, I have seen that whole first season already. Okay. Um, but as you watch, keep an eye out for one Jans, Eric Gould, who writes for the knife. Have you learned about the knife yet? No, I don't. I don't know about that okay. aspect of the story. Okay. Okay, they, they'll get to it probably within an episode or two. So when they get to talking about the knife. Okay. Um, again, no spoilers. Okay. <laughs> like, okay, like it just, that could be anything as far as you know right now. Um, okay, I'll keep an ear out for that, that character. For that fellow's name, because after, even after that first season had come out, that dude gets hired by the Santa Fe New Mexican to be a writer for them. But that was like, I mean, you can just like do a Google search, right? Like, I I mean, so, so without kind of giving it away, his, his specialty, his expertise with the organization as a Mm -hmm. whole was kind of, he was a PR guy. 
he was like there he was like he was like writing copy for like we're doing great things and raising money or being great citizens or whatever the fuck but he was writing their pr copy was essentially who he was and so i guess i don't know if i can't i can only speculate as to what he might have said on his resume to spin it as like, hey, I've been working, you know, I've, I've, I have experience writing. I mean, I don't, I mean, again, I don't know anything about him as a human being. So I don't want, again, don't want to speculate on that. My, All I know is that after having been in Nexium as part of uh, the org, as you will see in as the a member of executive success programs, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he, uh, exactly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> He he gets yeah he gets hired by the Santa Fe New Mexican. I'm gonna see if Crazy. I can find. Well, you know, uh, um, when I first saw, he really took all oh, those yeah. lessons and Janess to heart. Here we go. Yeah, I'm a retweet. Those are gen- yeah, no. I looked up the, his first name, and I have two types of tweets. Tweets about Jen's uh, Eric Gould, writer at the Santa Fe New Mexican, and Jens Lakeman, incredible musician and performer whom I saw live apparently back in 2012. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, those are some retweets. Anyway, I'll, I'll take a look at that. Um... I did just remember one thing I saw, although I know that I watched a bunch of things like related to uh, true crime. I watched uh, uh, The Good Nurse. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's uh, starring um, the guy from the guy who played uh, the guy who built the Enigma machine. The, mm. That British mm. fellow, the mathematician, computer man. Turing. Uh, Turing. Turing. The guy yeah. who played Turing guy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so he plays uh, uh, against. Um, well, here, I'll just pull it up. It's called uh, The Good Nurse, but there's also. Here we go. Um, Eddie Redmayne. And Jessica Chastain plays against him as this nurse. He's, he's a bad nurse, obviously. Um, <laughs> it's a true story, a true crime story. And. Uh, <laughs> And it's about this, mostly it's about this man who is being a bad nurse, which I'll get to why in a second, because it's a real life thing that happened. It's an, it's an, an interesting story. Uh, but it's about this woman who's working at the hospital with him, and they're like really good coworkers and have this close relationship. And she doesn't know anything about what he's up to. And what he's up to is becoming the world's most prolific serial killer um, by uh, poking bags uh, like IV bags with like uh, uh, digoxin, which is like a heart. It like uh, stimulates the heart when you're in like heart failure. But if you give it to someone who's not that, that'll kill them very quickly. And also he was putting uh, insulin in their IV bags, which of course, if you have it and you don't need it, bad. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. he did that to at least, they they think it, he, he admitted to like well into like 60 or something like that. It was quite a number. Jesus. But they think that he killed... It, up at least 400 people like in theory because he did it for he did it nine different hospitals where he was caught probably for that and then excused from the hospital 
administratively without a criminal investigation. And this only went down. He only got arrested in 2006. Wow. Wow. And basically every, um, they did, uh, the police who eventually did like, try to figure this out, they were able to look into like the amount of like uh, uh, code calls, like people who are on, you know, the, the brink of an emergency or brink of death or something like that. Their heart is mm-hmm. malfunctioning. And uh, they were, the amount of uh, co- deaths on the floor would triple when he was um, there at the hospital. And they didn't figure this out at the final hospital till he'd been working there for a long time. It's quite wow. a, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's a, it's a wild story. It's just a movie. Um, it's a two hour movie, hmm. but the documentary about the true story is quite, uh, opening because you actually get to meet the woman who's, uh, went undercover with the police to get him to like admit to them, to her that he, yeah, she was felt so Whoa. torn up that her like best friend at work was like a mass murderer that when they confronted her with that information, she was like, I need to help you guys make sure this guy never kills anyone else. Jesus. So that's what the movie's about. So pretty interesting. It's a little true crime movie combo there. So in the true crime vein, I've been watching the latest season of 2020 mm-hmm. on ABC because, oh, okay. you know, it's on Hulu. Right. And I was shocked, shocked to discover uh-huh. that this is the 45th season of 2020. It is in its 45th season. I remember watching And when they started, yeah, because I remember Barbara Walters was the first. uh Mm Uh-huh. So I was, it's, so it's been on the air since 1978. And I was, I I was kind of surprised because I didn't realize, yeah, that it had been on so long. So I wanted to give them a shout out. Happy birthday, 2020. Yeah. I guess one of the original. 45 years. Jesus. Kind of like, uh investigative docu-series you know like mm-hmm. so i've just you know been kind of making my way through some of those episodes i i really you know i just kind of enjoy that shit um nothing nothing has stood out particularly to me i was you know uh like with most things this week i have felt quite distracted mm. by the goings on at twitter yes to really like so even if i put something on and i'm like i'm gonna sit down and watch this it doesn't happen because i am compelled to find out now what happened i um feel like i'm always behind on the news uh, what's happening with twitter or it, rather i guess it evolves so much so frequently that it's like i every time i check in i'm like oh my god the website is actually going to disappear <laughs> Like or or yeah. vice or back to normal or it's like, mm-hmm. um, I feel like it's gonna be like that for a long time or it'll be shut down mm-hmm. for like two weeks or something like that. I think that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna go anywhere permanently, but there's too much money at stake. I think for that, but yeah, I saw someone speculate, and I I don't remember because of course again these tweets they just come fast and furious these days. But mm-hmm. uh, um, something along the lines like. You know, he'll ruin the company. He'll sell it at a tremendous loss. Somebody else will fucking buy it um, for a more reasonable valuation of what it's probably actually worth. And then... (laughs) 
and 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 then like it'll still be there it'll come back it yeah. won't be quite the same right um i mean he's already talked about removing himself as ceo which so it's not it's not currently listed on the stock market right and it hasn't been for a while right he took it private right so once he when when he bought it he took it private so that means that all this fluctuation in its potential value is going to happen like off the books and in, behind a closed door and uh you know and he's thinking he'll get everything back on track before the day comes in two or three years or whatever. He'll like set it back and re-IPO it or something. Is that like the plan here? I don't think there's a plan, okay. <laughs> okay. Brian. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, this is, um, it, this is truly an, it is unclear what move I was trying to do situation. Okay. okay? Like I, I, I feel like if, if you were to pressure me into selecting one single tweet about this, it's that, is that like the Musk fanboys think he has some amazing plan to turn it profitable. Okay. I think the All second right theory is that he had some plan to ruin it like deliberately wreck it which he's clearly succeeding at right so some people think that's happening i think he's just grossly incompetent i i just think uh this was him face planting in the most i i, I think he thought he was gonna come in everyone was gonna love him they're gonna all hail caesar and like none of that happened because he grossly underestimated how much everyone despises him. Um, yeah. He doesn't understand that part at all. He he might think he does, but he has no idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he's severely, you're right. He severely underestimated that effect that that would have on everything, which. Mm-hmm. I also think like, like he, he, he over, like he oversold his hand. I don't know if that's, overplayed his hand i'm not sure the exact lingo there <laughs> uh what i mean is like here we were talking about vegas look at me a room but like <laughs> can you tell me turning my cards around yeah, can you, know, you tell me if this house. is good four aces all in a row right what do you is mine better than yours and and what should i do with this situation <laughs> what should i do with this yeah what should i do with it says ah should i be worried <laughs> I have I have six of these A's. Is that? I don't even think I'm supposed to have this many cards. I don't know what happened here. It's just. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like I yeah. Anyway, I just I also think he's just a fucking idiot. You know, like he doesn't. Yeah. I, no one likes him and he's stupid. So like, why would people stay? And how many more companies is he going to do this to over the course of his life? I think more than one. I, I don't mm -hmm. think this will be the only time that he does this. Um, well, I think it's going to happen to Tesla next in the sense that like, oh, I think yes. his, I think he's, I think less important to me is the damage to Twitter. Like I like whatever, like we yeah. can log off and be free finally. But right. like, um, and plus I also believe there will be some replacement of another, regardless of whether it's co-host or Mastodon or Twitter 3.0 or whatever, it'll be something. Right. So yeah. I'm not and, worried about that either. And we'll um, rebuild our networks. So, 
But you know who won't rebuild their reputation is Elon Musk. Is oh, yeah. I think uh, I think his reputation is donezo, right? Like I mean, he had to um, he had to twist a lot of arms to even get the financing to do this. So and right. that was with all the respect that he had. Before, I mean, false falsely earned mm-hmm. respect probably before, mm-hmm. but but mm-hmm. he had he doesn't have that anymore to do. He couldn't do this no. again to get that money again. So. Well, and 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 he's also made some kind of powerful, uh, accidentally or not, he's kind of made some powerful enemies on the way, right? Like mm. he has people like Eli Lilly and Lockheed Martin hating him, right? right? right. So like, I don't like like this is one of those things of unintended consequences where like, I I wouldn't even want to fuck like. Mm. If I were Elon Musk, I would have thought carefully about why those tweets were so dangerous and who those people are connected to. I'm not trying to be all like deep state about it because that sounds like him. But like these people literally sell weapons to countries all around the world. Like, (laughs) and now they're mad at you, dude. and then you've affected their stock value, which is the number one yeah. thing you cannot do with companies. Yeah, like no, you, you can you can make funny tweets about them all you want, but you can't. Ultimately, we weren't able to fuck with their bottom line before this, right? No, never. We we had no ability to. But when Elon Musk allows, you know, someone to pay eight dollars to pretend to be like Exxon Mobil. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, so 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 the situation now is that you can't get the little thing anymore yeah twitter blue is suspended new subscriptions i think are suspended until after thanksgiving he said i don't i don't remember when was the exact date but it was like later huh but so I means, mean, this is what I mean about like he's a fucking embarrassment. You know, like his pants are just completely down. The only way I got my my subscription was I went into the this the subscription settings for my already existing three ninety nine um, subscription, clicked on it in the Apple Store, and then changed it as soon as I saw that there was an option like that you could get the subscription. Mm-hmm. So I did it without going through the Twitter interface, and I wonder if that's like the thing that broke, like how I can't change my name anymore. Mm. very weird mm-hmm. but i guess i'm just monkey mm. fracas jr for the rest of my life which is well, wonderful no no brian just for the rest of twitter's life oh excuse me thank you <laughs> what a you are not monkey fracas jr unless uh, you want to be monkey fracas jr that's true. from that day forward well <laughs> i i just want to keep using the website so i guess that's what i have to do yeah, right. I I I I think it'll I think it'll collapse slowly. I think one of these days I'm going to open up a tab. And and when and when I say one of these days, I mean it's going to happen like over Thanksgiving. Yeah. Cuz you know what's going to happen? That th- those are days when internet usage actually goes up cuz everyone's at home scrolling their phones mm. and posting on this and posting on that. So I think Turkey Day Eve, Turkey Day itself, there will be a kind of a surge and we're going to show up and we're going to get a fail whale. We're going to get a images not loading or overcapacity. Try again. What are we going to wear to this big Thanksgiving party, sir? What time do we go? Well, kid, I'm going to go like this. 
Old Chuck is pretty cool about dates. He always wears that striped shirt of his. I just talked to Charlie Brown. He said dinner would be served a little earlier. Great, we're ready. You think I should wear a tie? Nah, you can come as you are, Franklin. Old Chuck won't mind. Besides, he didn't say it was formal.
think about it, it's not too far off. I mean, that just happened with uh, like just in the last couple of days with uh, Taylor Swift fans trying to get concert tickets from Ticketmaster. That was enough mm-hmm. to overload what I would assume would be a massively spread out, you know, having their mm-hmm. own version of Cloudflare or whatever built into whoever's hosting their stuff. Like I imagine that they have mm-hmm. the te- every bit of technology that they need to balance like server load and they still can't like handle just you know a few million people logging on to buy some tickets which i can't imagine uses they, they should be able to be ready for that they should mm-hmm. twitter won't be <laughs> with if they just mm-hmm. fired half their staff yeah no way and Ticketmaster yeah, no way. wasn't with even with everything that they had so all hands on deck probably they were like they were probably there was probably like a taylor swift control room they were probably like, all there, right, guys. There had to have been. We're, we're like T one hour to launch. Everyone get into the room. That's like a billion dollars. They their their CEO went on like, uh, you know, C CNBC or whatever today to like apologize to Taylor Swift fans and also to announce that they've like canceled, um, selling her tickets. They are gonna burn that man's house down. <laughs> His face looked like he felt like that was gonna happen. Yeah, no, it's going to happen, though. Like, oh, man. Well, here's... Like, a... I feel like they just pissed off the wrong crowd, man. You know who else just pissed off the wrong crowd? FTX founder says he expanded too fast and missed warnings. Oh, Sam Bankman-Fried. In less than a week, the cryptocurrency billionaire Sam Bankman-Fried went from industry leader to industry villain, lost most of his fortune, saw his $32 billion company plunge into bankruptcy, and become the target of investigations by the SEC and Justice Department. But in a wide-ranging interview on Sunday that stretched past midnight, he sounded surprisingly calm. You would have thought that I'd be getting no sleep right now, and instead I'm getting some, he said. He said, oh, "That's very reassuring to all your investors." Well, it thanks. Could, it, yeah, it could it could be worse. The empire built by Mr. Bankman-Fried, who was once compared to titans of finance like uh, Jean Pierpont Morgan. Oh, that's what they're calling him. They can't just say J.P. Morgan in the time. J.P. Morgan anymore? No, they have to. It's really they have to give him three out. names like Lee Harvey Oswald <laughs> or James Earl Ray. His response, he has some blood on his hands, too, but um, I'm sure. I don't know anything about what happened in the 30s, but I imagine he has a lot to do with it. No, because people with the two initials are cool, like H.L. Mencken or E.E. E. Cummings, you know? So, yeah. no. R.L. Stein, for example. <laughs> yeah, see? There we time. go. Okay, there we go. It's settled. <laughs> he can no longer ever be the J.P. <laughs> Robert Louis Stein is, is my... <laughs> His cousin Stevenson. Robert, I, thought, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say Robert Louis Steinenson. <laughs> That's his real name. He thought he was too close. He didn't want anyone to think that he was trying to run in coattails. <laughs> or maybe he's like Robert Heinlein, except yeah. it's <laughs> he's the spooky Reinlein horror version. Stein. He's like, I'm a respected sci fi author. I can't have spooky seven year old books. <laughs> his name in my <laughs> mind now uh, i'm sure his name is like steven steinberg or something and he just, just... <laughs> like steven soderberg yeah <laughs> let's see what was this man i don't even remember oh jp morgan right 
Uh, <laughs> oh, right. Where were we? The empire built by Mr. Bankman Freed, who was once compared to titans of finance like John Pierport Morgan and Warren Buffett, collapsed last week after a run on deposits left his crypto exchange FTX with an $8 billion shortfall, forcing the firm to file for bankruptcy. So I'll flip to the next page, A15. Oh, it's all the way to the back. Okay. Oh, and by the way, did you see there was a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, there was, I'm looking in my downloaded. Where do I go to my files? Hmm, there they are. So the, so after this, uh, uh, after the crypto exchange declared bankruptcy, they <laughs> brought in the guy who reorganized Enron, or took control, or took the rather took the reins of Enron oh. after it was like you know. So that guy's name is actually, funnily enough, his name is John J. Ray. Okay. The third. Okay. Oh. So John J. Ray the third, or J. J. Ray Trey, if you will. <laughs> JJ the third. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so JJ Ray Trey says uh-huh. when he so having taken control of, of FTX, he is um he's like the, the trustee or some there's some fucking technical name yeah. for him, but he's basically like, Hey, I'm in charge now. I have to make this um kind of declaration to the bankruptcy court that says hey this is everything i've been able to find so far okay so okay it is a 30 page document which i'm not going to read in its entirety um i'm going to see if i can remember where the big hits are okay because there were some hits um so John J. Ray is the guy who took, you know, who, who, as I mentioned, took over Enron, and he'll he'll kind of explain this too. So he says, I, John J. Ray, declare under penalty of perjury as follows. Okay, so he's like, I started taking over and blah, blah, blah. I've hired all of these people to do work with me. Uh, I have over 40 years of legal and restructuring experience. I have been the chief restructuring officer or chief executive officer in several of the largest corporate failures in history. I have supervised situations involving allegations of criminal activity and malfeasance at Enron. Mm -hmm. I have supervised situations involving novel financial structures, Mm -hmm. Enron and residential capital and cross-border asset recovery and maximization, Nortel, and overseas shipholding. Nearly every situation in which I have been involved has been characterized by defects of some sort in internal controls, regulatory compliance, human resources, and systems integrity. Never in my career have I seen such a complete failure of corporate controls and such a complete absence of trustworthy financial information as occurred here. From compromised systems integrity and faulty regulatory oversight abroad to the concentration of control in the hands of a very small group of inexperienced, unsophisticated, and potentially compromised individuals, this situation is unprecedented. 
These chapter 11 cases have five core objectives. Implementation of controls, which is things like accounting, cash management, risk management, uh, human resources, and other systems that did not exist or did not ex uh, that did not exist at all or did not exist to an appropriate degree. So he's going to be like, I'm going to start doing this shit. My second, his second part is asset protection and recovery, the location and security of property of the estate, a substantial portion of which may be missing or stolen. Oh, uh, they're working on transparency and investigation, efficiency and coordination, and then maximization of value, right? We're going to try to see what blood we can squeeze from this stone, right? Right. So he goes, basically... Uh, let's just, you know, for the sake of this, he's like, for, from where we're at, he's like, it, it seems like there were four chunks of the business. They were in these silos is what they call them. These four main categories as it were. And he kind of starts breaking down who did what, where was what. And he basically says, I can't find any audits. Um, I, I don't see any board meetings. I don't see records of board appointees or the process of appointing a board and electing a board, no minutes, no records, no decision-making, like none of the basics, none of the business 101 basics. Like, okay. I'll, I'll say this. When we did the comedy festival, we had to be a reporting nonprofit organization. We had to keep yeah. minutes of all of our meetings and we were only three people sitting in a, you know, an apartment. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I can't imagine how you can have like a multi, multi, multi billion dollar business that's trading all this money and you don't even have like minutes for your meetings. That's crazy. So he breaks down everything he could find in these four uh, uh, in these four silos and kind of just keeps talking about like this is all of the cash I could find. This is da da da. He's just kind of going through like the uh, um, uh, what's it called like the. Uh, the facts of each of those businesses as he can kind of ascertain like so it's kind of just i was able to find this amount and this account and blah 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 and there were questions here but um when he gets to disbursement controls which is how people take out money out of the business right oh. it's how i pay for let's say it's how i pay for a ream of paper okay Right. Like I like if I want a ream of paper in the office, I have to do either one of two things. Okay. I either have to go buy it and formally submit a reimbursement proving that it's office supplies for the office. OK. Or I have to put in a like formal purchase order. Right. So that the person in charge of it can be like, yeah, we'll bill it to whatever account. Right. Like and then they do whatever magic beat boop. Right. Yeah. I can't just walk up to her and be like, hey, could I have like a thousand bucks? So maybe that's maybe that's how they got those all those MLB umpires to like wear the FTX logo. Like every yeah, single right? one for the last three years or whatever. They've all been wearing that thing. I imagine they must have just like gone into the petty cash account that had four billion dollars in it we're like mm, yeah, no, so that's let's write a check to mlb so check out what this dude says he <laughs> writes 
The debtors did not have the type of disbursement controls that I believe are appropriate for a business enterprise. In other words, you know, again, just the submission of a receipt, let's say. For example, employees of the FTX group submitted payment requests through an online chat platform where a disparate group of supervisors approved disbursements by responding with personalized emojis, which sounds actually like a like a Discord channel, maybe a Slack, right? It sounds but, like a Slack or like even just like Facebook Messenger with like the money thing or like, yeah, right? I mean, like for real, it's so strange, so strange. In the Bahamas, I understand that corporate funds were used to purchase homes and other personal items for employees and advisors and that there does not appear to be documentation for certain of these transactions as loans, and that certain real estate was recorded in the personal name of the employees as opposed to, let's say, the company. Uh, Right? Like, which is, you know, same thing. I couldn't just be like, hey, place I work at, do you think you could buy me a car? Like... And then, I mean, maybe, I guess, right? But, like, there would have to be a lot of paperwork in yeah, there. Yeah, and, and proof. And, and If it's and, a company car, they'd probably put it under the company car's name, right? And then we'd have to get insurance. Like, I'm thinking about this, like, as an actual person who works at an actual place, right? Like, yeah, and, and, and again, I, I'm not an HR professional, but even I know that there's like little things that the little boxes that got to get ticked. Yeah, and right? look at these fools! Like, look at them! Look at that guy wearing sunglasses inside! Like, no, they are they they look so slobby. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be. It's like literally like a like a basement land party in there. It's but really, I mean, you know. You know it smell crazy in there. You know it smell. If, <laughs> how about this? If you're walking into like the 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 hive nerve nerve center, the brain of the operation, where all your top tech guys are running like a billion, multi billion dollar organization, everyone's wearing like shorts and gla- and like sunglasses, like inside. <laughs> you should be concerned. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Yeah, figure that out. He goes on. He goes on to talk about how he's still looking for all of the crypto assets and wallets, and wallets were not really, um, you know, that like there is no real documentation of this. Yeah, he must have had everything in like a notepad document, and he like when he needed to move a billion or two, he just kind of like flipped it around and moved some tokens. There's I mean, also... I have like a better organization with just post-it notes, frankly, you know, like it seems like what they did when I was, I was listening to another podcast sort of about this, uh, like what actually happened was that I guess um, they had this token currency internally. That was how they used, I don't know, they bought and sold it, but it, basically every like crypto project has like its own little currency or whatever. And theirs was the FTT, the FTX token. And um, they may have at some point decided to print 45 million zillion of them and um, didn't calculate properly how much real money that was supposed to be. And at some point, oh like, use that currency to remove monetary value for themselves out of the business through that that token um, wow which is okay now, which used to be worth a lot of money and now is worth like zero 
uh, as yeah. well. And then a lot of people who held that token were like, you know, promised that that was like a, supposed to just hold its value, stay stable, not increase or decrease or whatever over time. I don't know. Something like that. It was supposed mm -hmm. to be like a stable thing. It's, it's. Yeah. I like all, none of that, again, kind of similarly, like where none of that shit makes sense. Well, and then I'm also now. like, because it all doesn't really make sense in the first place, right? No. It's kind of like, um, yeah, and that's 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 well. What? Oh, hi, Snoopy. Come on in. Snoopy, how can you serve the food in that ridiculous outfit? How about your chef's hat? Snoopy, we don't have any time for this playing around. The guests will be here pretty soon, so please get ready to help serve them. <laughs> Hi, Chuck. Hi, Peppermint Patty. Hi, Franklin. Hi, Marcy. Hi, Chuck. Thanksgiving, you know. Before we're served, shouldn't we say grace? In the year 1621, the pilgrims held their first Thanksgiving feast. They invited the great Indian chief, Massasoit, who brought 90 of his brave Indians and a great abundance of food. Governor William Bradford and Captain Miles Standish were honored guests. Elder William Brewster, who was a minister, said a prayer that went something like this. We thank God for our homes and our food and our safety in a new land. We thank God for the opportunity to create a new world for freedom and justice. Amen. Charlie Brown, weren't you, sir? Rough? Look at this. Is 
this what you call a Thanksgiving Day dinner? Did we come across town for this? We were supposed to be served a real Thanksgiving dinner. Now, wait a minute, sir. Did he invite you here to dinner, or did you invite yourself and us, too? Gee, I never thought of it like that. Do you think I hurt old Chuck's feelings? I bet I hurt his feelings, huh? Golly, why can't I act right outside of a baseball game? Marcy, maybe you can go to old Chuck and patch things up for me. Maybe you can tell him how I really feel. Tell him that I didn't mean it the way it sounded. Marcy, you can do it. You go see him and tell him that I really like him and that the dinner is okay with me. Well, I don't know, but I'll try. I think maybe you should go to Chuck and tell him yourself. No, Marcy, I'll just ruin everything. You know I'm too brusque and rough. You go and speak for me. Well, okay. This is not unlike another famous Thanksgiving episode. Do you remember the story of John Alden and Priscilla Mullins and Captain Miles Standish? This isn't like that one at all. I mean, there's something about it that, I, I mean, I know that people made a lot of analogies, but it really did feel like Beanie Babies to me. Yes, I mean, and it is. It has been exposed to be at this point. I, I think that it is broken. Uh, crypto is broken to a point where I don't mm -hmm. think that it can ever recover, especially because this, and I think that this is only the what we're starting. I mean, I would say. Every mm -hmm. crypto exchange in the United States should probably investigate in the same exact way that this company is being investigated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially all the ones I mean, downhill. at least with Lululemon, you get some tights. Hey, exactly. And who wouldn't want to look great while also losing I don't know money? if they're any good, but, you know. Okay, at least with Beanie Babies, you get something to cuddle. Yeah, exactly. And they're cute, and you can collect them and look at all the different colorful items and be like, wow, these are my pre-Funko Pop Funko Pops. Pre-Funko. In the pre-Funko era. Collectively. You know, that's going to be like a mark of archaeologists, right? Where yes. they're going to be like, and it is around 2018 that the Funko appears in the geological record. Yes, when, when Avengers Endgame came out. Because there's going to be a whole layer out. of fucking plastic <laughs> there that's Funko-shaped. When we started finding the Thanos Funko Pops, then everything changed. The society at large shifted i can't wait for fucking you know civilizations thousands and thousands of years from now to find our funko and to be like they worshiped this as a god they will they'll, they'll, they'll... <laughs> no, they totally will they're gonna be like aliens put these here humans then had no such sophistication yeah. of a funko how could humans create millions of tiny little plastic people painted exquisitely impossible there's no way an alien race came from other worlds to create this i mean sincerely it's entirely possible that that no people, it's gonna happen i mean i can't wait it's people are gonna come awesome. back and be like what was this based ball they all have these diamond pattern buildings what were these for a fucking like all fucked up like pockmarked Funko on display at the museum or whatever. Yeah, and or just even just like our fascination. I mean, I know that like figurative idols being sold as like commemorative traveling. Like I've looked up the history of tourism, and I know that it starts even before like ancient Rome and stuff like that. Uh, it's like Thebes may have been apparently like one of the first like big 
like uh, travel destinations where the people sold like little trinkets and stuff. I know that there's e- awesome. evidence of little uh, tiny uh, like Roman coliseums being sold, like being found as artifacts, you know, f- from the era when it was being attended that people could bring home like a little coliseum. So it, it's it's like the way that I bring home a fridge magnet yeah, from Graceland. 100%. Yeah, because that's really cool. Totally the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like I mean, even like when I went to the Mississippi River, I picked up shit that I found by the riverside, you know, like. Yeah. And it's not like a thing. Exactly. It's just like little rocks or bits of, you know, a leaf or something, you know, and yeah. I. I uh humans uh human behavior never changes that much and as long as we want to carry around little totems of, uh, with us of our memories of things past um someone's gonna sell a little carved out coliseum to you mm-hmm. a little guy a little yeah, as long as to you're all buying of our little, little guy, guys as long as you're buying little guys someone's selling a little guy <laughs> little guys till i die <laughs> <laughs> absolutely Whole... All of our war, all of our fans who are into Warcraft suddenly cheered. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so all my, I have some little guys out there. Yeah, no, most of my little guys are books, I have to say, but uh, we all have our own guy. little guys, though. I want to put googly eyes on everything <laughs> now. <laughs> everything is a little guy. <laughs> Truly, I, I actually think that's a great idea. Every episode of this podcast is just a little guy. Waiting to be, Aww. waiting to be played, played with. Um, so Ellen Allen has held a few jobs since uh, held a few jobs since moving to Southwest Florida in 2012, but the job she's always wanted, making Brazilian crepes, came to fruition a few months ago. Sue's crepes began in April with its first event, and since September 10th, she's been part of the Cape Coral Farmers Market. I really like food, so Ellen said. When I moved there 10 years ago, I missed the crepes. Also, my parents couldn't afford a new pair of sneakers, so if I wanted them, I needed to get a job. That's the main reason why I started working. At age 13, Sue Ellen worked at the crepe shop for a summer when she was in her native Brazil. A year later, she and a friend tried their own crepe business. It's transparent. Hold on. Let me fix this. So I can read my four-paragraph article about Sue Ellen's crepes. <laughs> I was trying to see if I found any uh, local news that was of particular delight. Brazilian crepes shouldn't be confused with French crepes. With Suellen's style, the crepe batter is baked directly with the fillings on a bamboo stick, which holds the concoction together. The batter has a pocket, she explained. It's not heavy and not sweet. The different styles Suellen makes are vegan, gluten-free, savory, and sweet. Savory includes ham and cheese, and chicken and cheese, and four cheese. Mm. These are uh, all delectable looking, I might add. Sweet includes chocolate, graham crackers, and marshmallows. Reese's peanut butter cups. These are all separated by a semicolon, by the way. Butter, <laughs> butterscotch, strawberry kisses, Nestle's crunch bar, Snickers, M&M's, Twix, Kit Kat, and Almond Joy. We have more than 20 kinds, Sue Ellen said. You can put almost any candy with them. Our most popular savory flavor is ham and cheese. Our most popular sweet is a lot of milk chocolate or Reese's cups. We also do s'mores with guava and cheese and a zebra cake, which is like a cupcake with chocolate on top. Over the coming weeks, Sue Ellen will be at 
uh, Fort Myers, Babcock Ranch in Naples. She's also doing private events and birthday parties. I don't know why I like this so much, she said. I always wanted to be independent. It really makes me happy. It's not easy to wake up at 5 a.m. on a Saturday. And, and, and that's the end of the article. But I imagine she's saying that <laughs> she's happy enough to do it, even if she has to wake up at yeah. 5 a.m. on a Saturday. And if you look, here's so. her. This is her. This is Sue Ellen making her calls. <gasps> she looks like. That's delightful. She's probably around our age, I would say. Okay, so since you took it in like a British, great British baking show direction mm -hmm. to talk about the food, mm -hmm. I'm going to take it in a completely different direction. Okay. A man versus nature okay. direction. <laughs> All right. This headline from earlier this month in the Santa Fe, New Mexican newspaper. Okay. I read it earlier this month and was compelled by it, but didn't finish it. So let's see. Okay. Pecos Wilderness plane crash survivors, saviors, reflect on event 25 years later. Wow. Wow. A quarter century has passed since the day they escaped death, and Scott Sterrett and Robert Coleman remain astonished when they think about the implausible odds that fell in their favor. The newspaper clippings and magazine articles detailing their unlikely rescue are slowly fading, but their memories of the plane crash are vivid, their gratitude to their humble hero undying. They could easily have perished in the middle of the Pecos wilderness, severely burned after escaping the fiery wreckage of the small twin-engine charter plane that Starrett steered to an emergency landing after an engine failed over the Sangre de Cristo Mountains in the cool early morning of September 28th, 1997. Those are our mountains for the, everyone home. Yeah. The emergency locator transmitter didn't activate, and it could have been days or longer before they were found in the remote alpine terrain, perhaps longer than they could survive. Instead... Fate had a different plan. Oh. What could have been a fatal disaster became a remarkable feel-good tale that resonated hey. across the country. Wonderful. Are we really considered alpine? Is that what you would call where we... I mean, I don't know the definition of alpine. I don't either. Does That's it why mean... I don't know. <laughs> I Let's have... see. I don't alpine know that definition. Does it mean like a certain kind of tree lives there or oh of or okay one probably its origin okay. of or relating to or characteristic of the alps or their inhabitants okay makes like, sense yeah mountainous and such of or relating to high mountains generally okay Check living off. or growing on mountains above the timber line ah we i mean we have that's where trees stop, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that like a specific altitude, just globally? Like so many thousand I don't know. Feet? No, I think it probably varies by location, right? Like, oh, and species of tree probably, too. Mm-hmm. Like if some trees are hardier at higher altitudes. Look at us. We're scientists here. We're just yeah, we're figure, we're, we figuring this out. We're figuring it out as we go along. <laughs> we're lifelong learners. <laughs> we're curious. We didn't just take it at face value. So it is, however, true that, yes, there are parts of the Pecos wilderness that are alpine in the sense that they are they are above the tree line, hence Mount Baldy, right? Things like that. Mm. 
Um, let me see, where am I? Okay. That's right. Talk about all the elements lining up just perfectly to make things work out for us, to come out of it in one piece and have a story to tell, Starrett said. As the injured pilot and passenger realized everything that could have helped them in a survival situation was ablaze in the aircraft, ah. the one person with the perfect combination of skills and knowledge to get them out of their nightmare was approaching with her brother from a campsite about a hundred yards away. On horseback? That's the only thing that could have made that cooler. <laughs> They're like, oh, hi. We're over here. On horses. <laughs> yeah, we rode the horses to the plane crash. A hundred yards away. Sorry, please. Lynn, no, no. <laughs> Lynn and Eric Bjorklund, siblings from Los Alamos, who were two days into a backpacking trip, informed the survivors that Lynn had years of search and rescue experience and even wrote a trail guide to the Pecos wilderness while working as an employee for the Santa Fe National Forest. She also happened to be an elite trail runner who held the women's record in the Pikes Peak Marathon, considered one of the most grueling marathons on the planet. Uh, yeah. Lynn, who was 40, could run out of the wilderness and get help, while Eric, five years her senior, would stay with the survivors to tend to their injuries and keep their spirits up. He had really good squatting and funny <laughs> skills those were his skill sets hers were running really fast and far. Yeah. in this seldom visited section of forest near the headwaters of the rio rio mora coleman and starrett could hardly believe their luck me and scott were looking at each other and going how in the hell do you crash 20 miles in the middle of nowhere and there you have the lady that mapped that entire wilderness area, and she's a world-class runner? You mean to tell me God wasn't there with us? You're telling me this wasn't something spiritual? 25 years after the crash and rescue that appeared in media outlets across the country, like Good Morning America and Reader's Digest. <laughs> my favorite, it's my favorite way to keep up with what's going on in the world, is Reader's Digest. Let's grab a little <laughs> bit of everything. Sometimes they put some nonfiction in there. There's never bad news in there. Yeah. Good news all the time. Yeah. <laughs> the survivors and saviors maintain a bond that only such a harrowing ordeal can produce. Lynn's 15-mile, three-hour run to reach her car and to get a phone to call for rescue helicopters garnered headlines for obvious reasons. But she deflects the praise, saying everyone involved had their part to play. Yeah, Scott I mean, is an only, excellent pilot. Yeah. I'm only an accomplished marathon runner. But I mean, my the guy I was with, you know, knees, man. His knees were amazing. That's He could just crouch <gasps> and calm everyone down and give them appropriate padding on the body to Reiki. He did Reiki as well. It's, that was his hold other on, skill set. No, hold on. Stay tuned. Okay. okay, so. okay. Scott is an excellent pilot and oh. managed to land the plane in an impossible situation, she said. Okay. I'd had a decade or two of search and rescue training and had worked for the Forest Service as a wilderness ranger and probably knew the Pecos as well as anyone could know it. Eric 
had been a Boy Scout and had first aid experience. Oh, <laughs> I mean, so do I. But I would never bring that up in an article ever because it's irrelevant. And I was like 12. <laughs> I, you know how to apply a tourniquet. And my CPR training is way outdated. There's like four steps of CPR training that I don't even think you're supposed to do anymore. Like, I'm like going to break someone's ribs if I do like what I learned when I was 13. <laughs> she adds. It was just an amazing coincidence that we all happened to be there. Quite, quite, <laughs> quite. I would say that's the, that's the whole deal, really. That's, <laughs> that is the most amazing coincidence of circumstance. If it was any more coincidence, I'd say that it was like staged as a dramatic story for Reader's Digest. Eric, the Boy Scout, added, "It's one of those. He didn't. It doesn't say that. I yeah. said that. <laughs> it's one of those situations where you see that something needs to be done, and you know how to do it, so you do it." Yeah. When I okay, how about this, Kathy? Next time that we're camping outside in the wilderness in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains, taking in the beautiful sunset, and then a plane crashes 100 yards away from us. Um, which one of us is going to be the marathon runner? Which one of us is going long distance? <laughs> while the other one kind of like goes like, ooh, ah, are you okay? Oh, oh. I Here, think it's going to depend on, on how much we each have left in our vapes. Okay. <laughs> are you going to be the one that like runs to the car, which is an unknown distance away? <laughs> I don't even... Oh. Um, I, I should say at this moment, however, that I have run a marathon. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah, I was uh, I was I was thirty when I ran the marathon. I okay. uh, ran the LA marathon. Okay, my my uh, that's inc very impressive. Uh, I I my most notable uh, physical uh, uh, accomplishment was uh, pushing sawn uh, palm tree logs like CrossFit style across the yard into a pile. That's I did that. So, yeah, I couldn't do that. I'll carry the bodies I, yeah. the, from the plane wreckage <laughs> okay. after we don't save them because we're just average people. Yeah. Not like You'll be the Bob Garfield experts. holding up the like frail John <laughs> or whatever. I'll have my hard hat on and there's the plane crash in the background, but I'm carrying, yeah, I'm carrying the Bob Garfield carrying with the man. Anyway, it, the story literally continues for like another like six pages or oh. something. So it's it's kind of, it's like it's long. Like I'm I'm like just at the at the end of the very first part. I just um, love that everyone was in the exact scenario and situation that they needed to be to save a life. That's just the best story ever. It's just I'm gonna tweet this at you. Please. <laughs> and pull this pull quote. It's really, truly. Hmm. Man, I love the local paper. I do, too. <laughs> I also love the USA Today because it's basically the local paper for the whole country because their level <laughs> of journalism is like just that same kind of deal. Not, not a bad thing, just that's a different what they're going for. Um, and also they want to keep their reading level at about an eighth grade reading level, which I wasn't aware of until recently but you can tell and it's not a bad thing either um but making waves this is from tuesday's paper uh making waves jimmy kimmel 
All eyes are on the 2023 Oscars after The Slap became the biggest controversy of the 2022 show and beyond. Now we know who will emcee the big event. On Monday, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences announced Jimmy Kimmel, who hosted the Oscars in 2017 and 2018, is on tap for the upcoming ceremony. Uh, I always... Um, I'm always tempted to say ceremony the kind of uh, funny British way, uh, but I can't pull it out of my mouth right now. The 95th Oscars will air live on ABC on March 12th, so a heads up on that. Being invited to host the Oscars for a third time is either a great honor or a trap, the late night host <laughs> joked. Either way, I am grateful to the Academy asking me so quickly after everyone good said no. Which I think is probably the appropriate, um, although, you know, clearly like some for, I, I've, I've heard this, I've heard this. Tell me if you've heard this. I've heard that every moment of on air, on camera, drama and stuff at all these award shows is like written into. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, cause, cause they like you. Mm. I would say this, uh, Will. Williams... We know, so we have to create a drama because we're not actual. Like it was never actually to like award talent in any way. Anyway, no. Like it was like, oh, we're trying to like drum up publicity for this picture. Let's give yeah. this broad a big award, basically. I mean, big. I mean, that's what it was. And also, I've I read at the at the beginning as well. It was to highlight and resell pictures that underperformed, but perhaps mm -hmm. you know now the perspective now is that they're like they're oh they're artsier films etc whatever. But I mean they're just underseen. I mean we have we have mm -hmm. art films become successful every once in a while. It does happen. Um, you know that uh, that movie. Uh, that fucking uh, Annihilation. The Annihilation, that was originally supposed to be like a low, kind of a medium budge, like, you know, it was like Lionsgate or something. Like, it wasn't expected to do nearly as well as it did. That was kind of like a big breakout. I mean, it did have a big hmm. actress in it and everything, but um, it was a, just a book adaptation that turned out to be like a huge, huge hit. The, I don't know, the one with the aliens, the crystal aliens, I didn't really get it. Uh, a lot of people liked it, though. <laughs> Sorry. Alien. I saw it at uh, <laughs> I saw it at Violent Crown, so I was probably probably on one. Um, I just remember talking to people after it and being like, I really didn't like that movie, which is something I would never say now. How was your day? Spinderella <laughs> and Salt and Pepper. Hip hop pioneers, producer DJ Spinderella and rappers Sandra Denton and Cheryl James, better known as Salt and Pepper officially unveiled their Hollywood Walk of Fame star. The group behind hits Push It and What a Man. Love that one. Salt and Peppa's star is adjacent to Amoeba Music and right next to the Walk of Fame star of another queen of hip-hop, Missy Elliott, um, said Walk of Fame producer Anna Martinez. Since 1960, the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce has been honoring famous faces in music, film, TV, and more by putting the faces on Terrazzo and Brass Stars down in Hollywood Boulevard. There are more than 2,700 stars on the walk. Do you think there are more than 2,700 important people in Hollywood or have been ever? Say same thing. You buy one of those. Yes, exactly. 
Like we could we could buy one. I mean, I think we'd have to be kind of notable, but like they've given them to like Twitch streamers. So like, you know, oh, I feel like we could game that real easy. I think we could game that super easy. In fact, I think that should be the mission of our show to be the lowest bar person to ever get a Hollywood star. Lowest notoriety. Okay. I like this. I like, I like this, this too. We'll be the lowest notoriety people to ever get a Hollywood star. We'll figure out how to get someone to pay for it. We'll make it into a big deal. And then like Nathan Fielder can film us doing it. And then, uh, or his production company can. There we go. We'll do that. We'll finance I it. I like this. We'll get it financed. I like this. Someone else will finance it for us. Um, it'll be called, the documentary will be uh, one of those like 55-minute documentaries. It, it'll be called um, Buying Fame. Or, no. Uh, well, that could work. It, I don't know. It has to be something you can Google, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Selling fame, hmm. selling, start buying. S we'll 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 work on it. Um, but yes, I want that. We're gonna do it. Who? How about this? Uh, if we looked at the list of all the people that have stars, could we like determine the person who is like the least famous, the most obscure person on the list? Let's see. Is it like the guy who wore the creature suit in the uh, the creature of the Black Lagoon? Maybe. I don't know who his name is. So actually, I'm, I'm sure a monster movie fan does. But it's his makeup guy. It's the creature of the Black Lagoon's makeup guy. That maybe that's the person. Okay, so I'm 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 in the Wikipedia. Uh huh. I just went to A. Okay, just I'm just in A. Mm hmm And I see. Um, Let's say Julie Andrews, the Andrews sisters, Paula Abdul, Chris Angel. These all fit so far. Jennifer Aniston, uh -huh. Paul Anka, Anne Margaret, uh -huh. Neil Armstrong, Christina Aguilera. Neil Armstrong was on TV in a very big way. Christina Applegate. Yes, obviously. Louis Armstrong, Muhammad Ali, mm -hmm. Debbie Allen, Fred Allen, Desi Arnaz, mm -hmm. Steve Allen, Tim Allen. Mm -hmm. And I'm skipping a bunch, obviously, but like These I'm looking for fit. Christy Alley. If you starred in a big TV show that had more Herb than Alpert, Ashanti. Okay, Alvin and the Chipmunks are here. Okay, we we're not as famous as Alvin the Chipmunks, and we never will be. I can Jillian Anderson. But that's a concept that has a star. Mm -hmm. And we're like kind of a concept. I want to sort all of them by year awarded. That's what I want to. Mm. How do I do that? Yeah. Like who's who's like who's yesterday's news? Literally. Like Yeah. Who? Yeah. Because if this star was awarded like in, you know, 19... 24 or whatever. <laughs> I'm going to get some food to put in my mouth like we were talking at the beginning. I can't even remember if we recorded that, but um, hold on. All right, I made a sandwich. Oh, yes. One second. I'm going okay, to see if I can find them by date. And I'll holler if I find anything. Oh, there's an apply filter on the official website. Select year. 
Um, I want I want all of them. Don't feel bad, Chuck. Peppermint Patty didn't mean all those things she said. Actually, she really likes you. I don't feel bad for myself. I just feel bad because I ruined everyone's Thanksgiving. But Thanksgiving is more than eating, Chuck. You heard what Linus was saying out there. Those early pilgrims were thankful for what had happened to them. And we should be thankful, too. We should just be thankful for being together. I think that's what they mean by Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown. Come here. See you later, Charles. Charles? He's all yours, Priscilla. Priscilla? Priscilla? Apologies accepted, Chuck, old boy. Sure. There's enough problems in the world already, Chuck, without these stupid misunderstandings. Let's not play lover's games, Chuck. I agree. You're holding my hand, Chuck. You sly dog. There are none listed as of this moment, or that might be updated later, let's say. Uh, but I went to 2021, right? Okay. And they have Ryan O'Neill and Ally McGraw. Makes sense. Um, they have Marla Gibbs, uh, who was on the um, Jeffersons. Yes. So that makes sense. Yes. Um, Nigel Lithgow. Lithgow. Um, Is that the the um, the third rock from the sun? Lithgow, John Lithgow's relative of some sort. No, this guy appears to be in the industry side of the industry. Okay. Uh, where it says, um, hmm. he has worked with such stars as Gene Kelly, Bing Crosby, Sid Charisse, Cheetah Rivera, Shirley Bassey, and most prestigiously, The Muppets. Um, so I guess he's some kind of a choreographer. Kathy, I swear I was going to be like, is he like some kind of like Muppetry man or something? And there we go. Maybe, maybe not, but. Uh, let me see what else. Chairman of the British Academy of Film, TV, and Arts of the Los Angeles chapter, which I think is pretty, I guess, guess like sounds like a big deal too, but he sounds like, you know, kind of more, not so much of an actor or performer, but you know, the kind of guy who keeps the like wheels turning in Hollywood, but I'm not seeing like just sheer garbage. Let's see what 2020 is. Hmm. Imagine being like a person keeping the wheels turning in Hollywood. Right. Okay. Who wouldn't want to be Burt Ward, which is cool because that was the Superman yeah. guy. Um, Susan Stamberg. I don't know who about that is. Who Bert, that is? Was Burt Ward the guy who played Robin in the Batman TV show from like the seventies or whatever, sixties? Yes. Okay. Yes. Batman. Thank you. Uh, and then Susan Stamberg, who is a public radio person. Not sure who that is exactly. Maybe she was like a I big mean, city host or something. Uh, Doctor yeah. Phil. Doctor Philium. Doctor Philium. You know, I just back in twenty twenty. I just saw um, a segment he did on TMZ Live, 
from, I think it was like yesterday, the day before, he was on there to talk about Jeffrey Dahmer. And he basically gave the audience, well, he was talking about he had the families on from, he had some of the actual living victims or families of the victims on his show to talk about the inaccuracies in the Netflix show, etc. And uh, uh, he gave some interesting points, but then also gave the audience permission, you know, and brought up all the things that they were like, oh, this is offensive to me, a surviving victim or whatever. But also um, he brought up, and this is something I've been thinking for a long time, and I've asked on this show before, but like, is it okay for us to be like watching this stuff like over, you know, like over and over, like the true crime, serial killer kind of stuff like that. And, and, and he talks about glorif- how it's, you know, he talks about the reality that all TV shows when made have to have some, you know, scintillating element, some kind of, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer had to look kind of cool to be a character in a TV show that people were going to watch. That's just the nature of making a TV show. And it's okay if they do this because they need the people to watch. I mean, that's and basically like he said the thing that, you know, like we've been saying for a long time is like, I mean, I would say if you think about all true crime kind of shows like that, um, that really does make them like reality television. Yeah, no, they're 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 very um they're like a simulacrum of reality and right. in that sense reality right like right. yeah the thing that you and i talk about a billion times i think the the real the, the real hard part is that like it's easy to abstract when we're in the simulacrum but when we're in reality like they're real people real victims right. like real consequences real ripples in those families that you know, I think even a generation or two away is still too close, right? Uh, yes. If Again, if it's not that those families are on board, right? I think this was also um, kind of interesting thought as because I, I was also watching some Lifetime TV true crime, which is, of course, much more like scintillating also, right? Because then they're like, that word. the wife was having an affair. And then you see like some half-naked couple like in the shadows, you know, like, ooh. Like 2020 wouldn't do that trash, you know? Um, But that was actually something else that I was thinking about, which is 2020 also, uh, they don't cover that unless like the person, the main person at the center of the story, not the perpetrator, right? But whoever it was, like I was the person lost in the wilderness for 10 days. That's the person telling the story. Or um, uh, my sister was murdered by someone we're the family, we're trying to tell this story, right? Like um, with news shows, I guess done responsibly. Yeah. Right. They're letting those folks tell, right. With journalistic integrity, it's they're letting those folks tell their story. They're being given the platform and with, you know, as opposed to like them running up and shoving a microphone in their face and being like, Hey, can you comment on this thing over and over and over again? Or, after you've already said repeatedly for us to leave you alone, right? Like, yeah. Um, which is what I also feel like with the Jeffrey Dahmer thing is I think the difference, right? Like, there's no there's no lack of um, scintillating or uh, controversial or um, gruesome stories out there that plenty of people are willing to tell themselves, you know. Um, 
I, I think that exploitive part is the thing that's making a lot of us, I think, think of the kind of media that we consume, the consequences of the media we consume. I, I don't think we've ever had such a, a heightened awareness of like media literacy yeah. outside of like a university campus or some shit like that, yes. you know, or like some fucking, you know, some elective class we're taking in the sociology department Every, right like everyone's turned into like some kind of media critic in some capacity or another i mean us to probably some advanced degree because of this podcast a little bit but like okay. i i yeah it's part of like everyone's skill set job like you're supposed to have a little bit of that in in you now no matter who you are <laughs> right because we all have a letterbox we all have a goodreads we're all Gene Siskel, right? We're all the New York Review of Books at this point, you I know. Mean, um, and, and, and our we're all Maplethorpe on Instagram too, you know, like. Well, and then, but our our age group kind of all was on. Um, uh, we media criticism was a big thing when we were growing up in the, like the newspapers and the, you know, especially in the early two thousands, mid two thousands to the late two thousands online when you had people still like you know. Uh, ebert you know like posting all his like mm -hmm. very highly respected slash controversial opinions on movies like when those movie reviews when his movie reviews came out and what was that like the the sun chronicle or i can't mm -hmm. remember mm -hmm. yeah i think uh, the chicago sun yeah yeah and and that that when those reviews came out they would sell papers people on the internet would be talking about on twitter i remember when mm -hmm. his reviews came out people would be talking about them on twitter Mm -hmm. and talking about how he was right or wrong or anything and like we i i really do feel like we as a it, it became a hobby for for our like age group to become like media critics just like for fun with our friends like, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i and i feel like um some people kind of I don't know, either figured the it out or The rise of the online on shop review also had a lot to do with it, right? Like, because yeah. I'm buying not just a product, right? It's not just, hey, this widget I purchased on Newegg worked great. No problem with the shipping, A++, right? It was also like, I bought this video game and I'm not here to talk about whether it was scratched or ruined. I'm here to talk about the content of the game itself, even if I'm doing that on, not on GameFAQs, right? I'm doing that even on the Best Buy website or yes. something. Or the right? GameStop website, which used to be, I remember that was a big place to go post before you really knew how to post was you would go mm -hmm. into like the comment section for games like on um, GameStop. But then I found out about Game Facts, and then eventually I would find out about the forums and forget that. I mean, once mm -hmm, once you mm -hmm. get once you once you become a game fan and you get on the forums, you're set. It, mm -hmm. it, I have to say, I'll break off for a second here. The experience of being on the games forum on something awful was made being a video game fan a very different and much better experience in my mind than. It made uh, it made like uh, like you could be within like a zeitgeist, but before even you know the Twitter conversation mm -hmm. existed, it was so much fun. Mm -hmm. It was like a secret club with like it was like the video game club like online. It was, it was like having a subscription to Nintendo Power. Yeah, but even better because you got to like talk to people through it, right? While writing it yeah. all together yourself, like it was great, you know. And and then someone put up an OP like two years before a game would come out, and it would still be there. Two years later, mm -hmm. so you can read, start to finish the history of everyone, 
getting excited for yep. the game or disappointed or then oh no now it's great or now like it has this hardcore fan base but it's all been contained in this thread and mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. i would love to go back and look at some of my forms rivalries with uh people like like uh in the original i did the op for the assassin's creed the original assassin's creed <laughs> I, I wrote that op it was super long i'm pretty sure and then uh someone came in the thread right after the game came out now i had been playing it pre-release because uh, i was able to locate a copy online <laughs> and uh give it a try nice uh-huh. And I remember going into the thread and being like, oh, no, guys, you guys are not going to, oof, this game, oof. And I ended up finishing the whole thing before it was, like, released. And I was able to give a little preview. Now, that was before they put up the rule that you weren't allowed to talk about pre-release uh, titles mm. on the forums. But, man, I disappointed a lot of people by <laughs> being that game <laughs> out and going, like, you know Assassin's Creed? And I even said that at the time. I was like, you know what? The sequels will be great. They have a great game here. It's going to take some iteration. They'll figure it out. And you know what? To this day, I mean, that's like the most iterated franchise of all time. Mm. 15 different sequels. It's a completely different, much better game now. But Wow, very prescient. Very. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I like that meme, you know? Some weird nerd online. Apollo, the gift of prophecy. Like One day I'll figure out who Phoenix is. F-E-E-N-I-X. He was on the something off of forums. That's who he was. I think he eventually became like a, a mod or something of games, but... If I ever find him on Twitter, I'm going to apologize for him to him for being rude about Assassin's Creed in my OP. <laughs> you should, you know what? You should tweet it out um, Hello, and be Phoenix? like, yeah. "Hey, if you're out there, just know <laughs> I've grown, I, I've yes. changed." You might every once in a while Google your old username. Yeah. Exactly. If so, Godspeed. May you find this. <laughs> Yes, all apologies to forums user Phoenix. Um, <laughs> let's see. I had some other things here. Oh, that's right. I, I did uh, DM you a few articles this week that I would be like, oh, this would be funny if I brought it up. So let me um, let me pop that open. Let's mm-hmm. see, see what's in here. Oh, yeah, this is fun. George Knapp, um, weekend host of Coast to Coast AM, uh, are everyone should be everyone's favorite uh, conspiracy show on the radio because I'm pretty sure it's the final one that's not like about QAnon or something. Mm-hmm. Um, here's George Knapp posting that FBI agents came down hard on the operator of a popular website devoted to all things Area 51, its programs, lore, and legacy. More than a dozen agents served a no-knock warrant on the Rachel Nevada home of uh, Hreg Arnu, owner of DreamlandResort.com. They seized all computers, files, phones, and photos. At the same time, another team of a dozen or more agents stormed into Arnu's Las Vegas home, seized all digital devices and files, and held his girlfriend at gunpoint. The warrants were... The girlfriend reports that the men in black appeared to look like Jesse Ventura and Alex Trebek. (laughs) Yes, and and she also reported that Jose Chung is from outer space. (laughs) The warrants were served one week ago. Our new noted site. Uh, okay. He also said that all the images that he had on his website were basically like from public sources and were no different than any other. Like he just collected images he found online on his little like 1998 website. And I'll hold it up to, I mean, maybe you already saw this, but I mean, it's like, 
Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. an, it's an HTML. It's like written in like, you know, Microsoft Word from 1998. It looks slightly less sophisticated than the Heaven's Gate website. Yeah. Remember that um, the X-Files timeline website that I showed you? Like that was all green mm-hmm. and black. I mean, that this looks like it was made the same day. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, I thought that was great. Um, I'm sure that man will be fine. I'm sure eventually they'll figure out that he just like, you know, copied and pasted. He's just somewhere. a crank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At, at worst. Um, but it seems like overkill. Yeah. For area 51. I mean, it, from the government's perspective, they could just consider that everyone thinks area 51 is like a joke and just move on. And nobody's going to like, mm-hmm. think it's serious. You do stuff like this. Then you make people think that area 51 is like something to be paying attention to. But I wonder if, like, it's going to be, like, one of those things where, like, somebody accidentally, like, somebody who shouldn't have leaked some photo, posted it online, and all he did was repost it, right? Like, I can't imagine that he's the one who would be, like, I stole some photographs or something from some deep throat agent. Yeah, it's not. Even assuming that's the case, but still seems weird. It does seem weird. It's definitely worth remembering. Mm-hmm. Much like this flock of sheep in Inner Mongolia that's been walking a circle for over ten days straight, and who <gasps> knows why? Have you seen this, Kathy? Let me, no. let me go ahead and uh, someone uh, just retweeted it here with a quote: "They're doing this for clout, and it's sad." <laughs> the sheep—they're very interested in online clout. Uh, <gasps> I just retweeted that. Oh. Pretty wild. Um, they're just stuck. That's all it is. Yeah. They 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 have. I think I think a lot of these animals are very. Have you ever seen that movie, um, starring Claire Danes, the uh, biopic of um, Temple Grandin? No, but I, I'm I'm kind of aware of who Temple Grandin is. Yeah. So you should watch it. It's really good. Okay. Uh, the movie. I mean. Um, and Temple Grandin herself makes some appearances in it, which is pretty cool. Okay. Um, but um, again, without spoiling anything, one of the things that um, you know Temple uh, was known for was she worked on a ranch. Okay. And one of the big scenes uh, in the movie is talking about how um, animals have herding animals have a tend like they they'll just follow each other. So, like, as long as the one in front of them is, like, going, they'll just be like, yeah, I'll keep going, right? So, like, there was this whole thing about, like, how do you make that as smooth? If you're trying to get them from point A to point B, it's the smoothest and easiest way that you can do that, right? Like, you know, so I feel like that's just what's happening here is they just, except they've gotten stuck in this, like, little, like, pattern of we're just following each other and none of them are like, go this way. And they're like, no, I got to go this way. I think so much about uh, there's this uh, which one is that all watched over by machines of love and grace the Adam Curtis documentary there's this part in it where this guy um, who kind of figured out sort of how brains work and human behavior works on like feedback loops we're basically always responding to one thing or another and it overlaps and that basically creates our persona and what we do in general and stuff but it all makes perfect sense because it's kind of broad and just like a philosophies, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just what these sheep are like locked into like a fault. Fo- I'm, I'm following the other sheep and I'm following mm-hmm. the other sheep. And then that's just, they're stuck. Um, yeah. 
I think that's fascinating. That it looks amazing, though. It looks really cool. It looks extremely <laughs> cool. It's like the, I don't know, it's the sheep version of like uh, a Mandelbrot like chart mm -hmm. or whatever. It's, yeah, it's uh, nature of uh, finding its own weird patterns. Or, yeah, I like that. There was like a Planet Earth or like a March of the Penguins, one of those that talked about penguins um, and how they all huddle. But because they all huddle, they all have to, like, you know, they make this, like, big ball of a, tur like, a penguin. They all stand really close to each other. But so that none of them freeze to death, they have to, like, swap out, right? So, like, someone's, like, on the end, but they kind of, you know. So they, it was, like, this uh, time-lapse video of them doing this. It's cool. It's cool as hell. It's very mesmerizing, right? Like, it's like watching, like, one of those, like... Uh, old desktop toys you could get at spencer gifts oh my god <laughs> all of them i had so many of them when i was younger i want so many now like i want those little ones with the the oil the colored oil that kind of floats around the water and stuff i love that little like liquid where i just want a store that sells like all that stuff that we used to buy in like the the 90s like it has to be on it's, it's online that like, that's the answer though that's not the answer you want because you want to be able to go in i want to go to a brookstone which doesn't yeah i want to go into uh wasn't there a store i swear there was a store in the 90s that was in malls and stuff that sold like rocks and gems and like curious trinkets and it was like natural wonders or something like that it had like a vague elephant bar vibe to it. I can't remember. What I it seem was to recall like a, like. They sold rocks and gems though. Hmm. hmm. I have to think about it. Let me tell you about this. A break in at a farm leaves 10,000 mink on the run. Officials in northwest Ohio have cleared dead mink from a highway and are warning residents that the hungry animals could seek out their pets and livestock for meals after some 10,000 of the sleek creatures escaped from a farm on Tuesday. The owner of the Lion Farms USA mink farm in Hoagland Township, which is about 150 miles north of Cincinnati, near, oh, let me zoom in here near Ohio's border with Indiana, told the Van Wert County Sheriff's Office on Tuesday morning that someone had broken into the farm and opened cages that held somewhere between 25,000 to 40,000 mink. I didn't even know that that was like, that's an infeasible number of mink to have housed anywhere. I don't even know how you could keep track of that. Sheriff, Factory farm mink, no? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it I, sounds like what that is. I guess, but I didn't know that that was a thing, I guess. Sheriff Thomas Riggenbach of Van Wert County said that by Tuesday afternoon, farm employees had corralled most of the mink, but he advised the residents that there were still about 10,000 mink unaccounted for. I don't, uh, I don't know that there was a significant threat to people, per se, Sheriff Riggenbach said in an interview on Wednesday, but he added that they could attack other small animals and livestock. I don't want to encourage people to approach them and try to capture them on their own. <laughs> Van Wert County is a flat rural area with many farms. The mink farm can be seen from Highway US 127, which was littered with dead mink. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was littered with dead mink on Wednesday morning, the sheriff said. All I hear in that is free coat. <laughs> free handbags. Free, free <gasps> mink gloves. 
Yeah. Oh, you don't want me to make a handbag out of a sow's ear. Well, I'll, I got you one better. I use some roadkill mink. I use yeah, it's 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 like the freegan version. It's of ethically mink. sourced. It is. It's completely ethical. Your the 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 bloody destructive vehicles destroyed the mink, and we must make them into minklets, mink bracelets. Hey, check this out, Elon Mink. <laughs> Ten thousand Elon Mink were seen spotted on the highway this morning. All run over. <laughs> um, we have had our Department of Transportation come out this morning to assess the highway road condition because of the number of animals have been killed by traffic. And get it's Caution, not mink it's, it, crossing. <laughs> they needed to get the roadway cleaned off to avoid having any safety issues. The road was so <laughs> slick with viscera that they had to clean it off. This was not where I was expecting the mink story to go. I will be honest. I will be honest. Also, I had no idea. I was like, I, I thought the story would be about a bunch of mink getting free and just getting loose and hooray, all the mink are free. And it's holy shit. Well, I'm going I'm to like leave. Mink are just wreaking havoc around town. But no, that's not what happened. I'm going to skip ahead to... Um, where uh, Mark Flint, the head of the zoo and wildlife conservation, medicine, ecosystem, health, and one welfare program at Ohio State University. That is a very inclusive program of many practices. Um, <laughs> Mink or carnivore. <laughs> did you look at this? He is the head of zoo and wildlife conservation, medicine, ecosystem, health, and uh, one welfare program at Ohio State University. <laughs> that is a lot of hats. Thanks. Yeah. He said, "Man, no wonder all those grad <laughs> students are going on strike and shit." Dude. This is like a this is a, hold on. This is like a Twitter meme. Hold on. This is literally like a Twitter <laughs> meme. Okay. He said, "This he said the mink would only attack humans out of fear and did not pose a disease risk." Isn't that a Twitter meme? It's like they would only do this if they're scared. <laughs> yeah. yeah, mink only do this when they're really scared. <laughs> As they, they release their viscera. <laughs> they only do that when they turn the trucks really scare them. Out. Yeah. They get scared and it's a mess. Wow. Um, <gasps> these are domesticated animals that have been fed daily and housed and cared for in a very poor fashion. I assume if there's 40,000 of them. <laughs> getting out like i think they're better off now (laughs) if ohio turns into like the new like center of natural mink living due to this i think we're all winning mink farms have been targeted by animal rights activists gee i wonder if the (laughs) roadway full viscera has anything to do with that (laughs) during the coronavirus oh that wasn't yeah that wasn't related to their (laughs) escaping that's just on the way up to the mink farm (laughs) Just just a road hazard, really. At least four people in Michigan were infected with a version of the coronavirus observed mostly in mink. This what? is becoming a real issue. The CDC said in April, this April, the manager of the mink farm in Van Wert County, Eddie Meyer, could not be reached for comment. Yeah, because I don't know how you recover from this scenario or even start to explain it. 
Um, Mr. Meyer told a local news station that the farm would have to shoot and kill many recaptured minks because they're susceptible to disease once outside of their cages. This is like the most, um, man, I've really just gone up and down all the yeah. hills in this. <laughs> okay. So anyway, that's what's up, that's what's up uh, with uh, the 10,000 mink on the run in Ohio. I found that article. Wow. Took a picture of it with my phone and related to you right there. Wow. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing has been as like, that, that sounds terrifying. I know, like, maybe this is even part of maybe this is like a sub segment, like behind the tweet, you know, <laughs> because like, you know, that all of those sheep are all like mutton now. Oh yeah, you know, like oh, yeah, it time. didn't it, like them walking in a circle didn't save them. Oh no way, they're extra delicious now. They're like, oh, these weird sheep. <laughs> no, they, they're like probably going for like triple the growing rate, right? Like, you know what I saw? I saw those sheep walking around a circle. I'm like, oh god, there's some kind of natural disaster coming, and they can't escape their little pen, and they're just walking around in a circle, and they're warning everyone it's some natural disaster, but they're just gonna get eaten as meat. Which is fine. <sighs> Got to eat something. Oof. Oh, hey! Did you know that Kevin Spacey faces new assault charges from uh, the United Kingdom? Oh no! Yes, brand new and damning ones. British authorities authorized seven more counts against the actor. Seven. Uh, this is from London. The authorities in Britain have authorized seven new criminal charges against the actor Kevin Spacey, including three counts of sexual assault. The country's Crown Prosecution Service announced in a news release on Wednesday. Rosemary Ainsley, who leads the Service of Special Crime Division, said in a news release that all the charges involved in the same complaint and con- uh, all the charges involved the same complaint and concerned incidents that were alleged to have occurred between 2001 and 2004. She also authorized a charge against Mr. Spacey of causing a person to engage in sexual activity without their consent. The release said. Before Wednesday's announcement, Mr. Spacey, 63, was already facing multiple charges of sexual assault in Britain. In July, he appeared in a London courtroom and pleaded not guilty to those charges, which concerned three men, and a judge scheduled a trial to begin on June 6th next year. It is unclear whether the new charges will be considered as part of that trial. A spokeswoman for the Crown Prosecution Service said by phone that details of the charges would be sent to Mr. Spacey via mail and that he would have to appear in a London courtroom to respond to them. Um, well-known figure in Britain. Okay, so uh, he ran like some th- stage theater there, and then they talk about usual suspects and stuff. Um, a fourteen-year-old is one of these people. But the thing is, the the reason I bring it up is because I'm thinking of the, the the Jeffrey Epstein connection, that weird video that mm-hmm. he made those couple years when he was like, you know, I don't know, threatening Prince Andrew or something. I don't know what mm-hmm. that was exactly, but. Uh, before the a lot of the charges on him were like rumor based, but this seems uh, particularly stacked up. Seems like Kevin Spacey having any kind of job in Hollywood is ex- will never get more questionable than it is right now. I, I, I don't know how he can continue to get work. Sue's crazy. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder what all of. I, I wonder how exactly all of our complex systems start to fail and what we find out. Oh, um, uh, you mean like, are, are we going to like figure out who actually killed JFK because like someone accidentally gets hacked and there's like people going like, haha, we knew it the whole time. And it was X. Yeah. And then something. that sets off a chain of events. I mean, there's something like that, that, yeah, 
information from the secret world becomes so public that it's yeah like okay. something's gonna accidentally come out in the like ftx bank fraud thing yeah right like absolutely. there's gonna be some we're gonna accidentally find like a hard drive or something tom brady was um many many celebrities were heavily invested in ftx as uh, like a mm -hmm. big institution that they were gonna make a zillion dollars off of i mean um yes some things will get uh found out and i think some people around the periphery might get implicated because if if enough people had to know that this was like a sideways kind of backwards operation especially after what you read sounds like it was like completely amateur and like everything was ad hoc um burger king has uh named a new chairman uh restaurant so you do know that burger king is owned by a company called restaurant brands international how about that couldn't just be called burger i had no king. idea yeah i want to i want restaurant brands <laughs> car brands do you know uh something i would love to go over and just read a list of is um do, are you aware of the <laughs> and and are you aware of the, the, the series of restaurants of like Twin Peaks and all those kinds of things, like the restaurant thing? Yes. Those totally yeah. like are weird. Which is weird. Creep me out. Like, very strange. Um, I don't understand them, but I know that they're like exploding in numbers like all across the country. Um, and I know that there's like some smaller ones and I know there are ones that are like trying to explode, sort of like startups almost. I kind of want to find out what like the lowest tier ones are and just like read their marketing materials or menu just because i think it would be funny and awful um it's a big thing the restaurant uh startup industry is exploding right now big time franchising opportunities out of every uh food genre and um it's, it's pretty wild out there there's some really good trade magazines there's like a pizza pizza industry magazine there's uh, uh like a big old pizza convention they have every year in Las Vegas, which I think is interesting as well. Um, I would love to go to some like trade shows and read some trade magazines for trades. I have no idea about, or I'm not interested in or involved in, in any way, <laughs> just to kind of like dip in. Well, I'm telling you, that's how you get comp shit at Vegas. You can be like, Oh my God, I was here for the, whatever convention and there must have been an error and they didn't get me a room oh exactly that's all getting the it's like disneyland they can't let people have a bad time you'll be like oh yeah exactly i'll just be like oh my 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 laminate card my badge didn't come through uh, here's my id yeah. if it's not in the system i know why i, I can't really under explain it to you it's too complicated but if you get me in I, it's everything's okay you know <laughs> something like that Oh, hold on one sec. I do have a little bit of a surprise. I made good on a promise from a long <gasps> time ago. Hold on. Oh, wow. So. Oh, and let me get that food that I was going to eat. No. <laughs>
Okay. I love a buttered steak. So. So. I was at the grocery store, which I was supposed okay. to go to today, but I'll be going, I guess, on Monday. Um, yeah, I have to go. I have to go a little later. But whatever. I got the. I need more cheese. God damn it. <laughs> While I was at the grocery store. I got these. <gasps> mm -hmm. I got five tabloids. Wow. I got Closer Magazine. Or is it Closer? I bet you it's Closer. It has a cover story about some behind-the-scenes stories from the Golden Girls. Um, pretty, uh, pretty interesting stuff in there. I was able to prove my Golden Girls knowledge by relating with the stories in there. It's pretty good. I once purchased a whole special magazine of like, I don't know, Entertainment Weekly. You know how like they like some magazines will just make like a special edition of and whatever. Yeah. I got one that was entirely focused on Wine Order SVU. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. It had like a timeline of Mariska Hargitay's haircuts. It was sick, dude. It was sick. I fucking love that. So this is um. This is Us Weekly, the November seventh issue. Harry Styles, trapped in toxic love triangle. He's talking about how Florence Pugh. Olivia Wilde, Jason Sudeikis, and Harry Styles are all involved in this thing. And I, I did kind of know about that, but. Oh, yeah. No, wait till you read all the details. You read the it's details. It's more twisted. It's more twisted than the FTX polycule. Mm -hmm. Waka waka. No, just... Hey, until <laughs> Sam Bankman Freed. That's his name, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, is his name really Bankman? Yes. That's funny. Um, Could you imagine? And then having that name and then failing at it. Like, if, like, my name were, like, Cooper, <laughs> and I couldn't do that, I'd be like, like, I don't even know what a Cooper is. They make barrels. Okay. If I were a Cooper and couldn't even uh, make a fake barrel. <laughs> <laughs> But how about this? Is a, does a fake if, does, if a fake barrel looks like a real barrel and it holds water, <laughs> is it still a fake barrel? <laughs> oh, it's real. That holds water. I'm gonna sell you a picture of a barrel. <laughs> this is this is cooping 2.0. What's up? Cooping. <laughs> e cooping. <laughs> They're NFTs. It's the next. It's NFTs too. Imaginary barrels. <laughs> Barrel coin. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. They're called, uh, they're called, uh, we can, we're not going to do better than barrel coin. I know it. We can't. It's okay. like, it's like the peak at the pinnacle. We did it. <laughs> you have to, you use them. You use, you use the barrel coin to plug the bung holes. Oh my gosh. Officially yeah. are the holes in a barrel. I'm calling FBI agent Dale Cooper. <laughs> oh my God. 
see, he invented NFTs when he had the tulpa or whatever. Isn't that the same thing? I still have to. I, we got three episodes into uh, Twin Peaks, and uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get there. One day it'll happen. One day. Did you know that uh, Johnny Cash had a secret fight with the devil? <gasps> is that where he learned how to play fiddle? This is the National Examiner. Is the National Examiner the same thing as the National Enquirer? I don't think so. Is that, is, are they different? They have to be different. The Enquirer? I mean, not just that the names are I different, imagine. but like, there's no way that they're even owned by the same like media well, I, corp. I got Closer, Life and Style, Globe, Us Weekly, and the National Examiner. I couldn't find the National Enquirer. But I don't know if that still exists. Maybe it doesn't exist anymore. Oh, it it has to. It has to. Isn't you're there... just going to to like you're just going to Sprouts or something. I'm going to the grocery store. I, what I should be doing is going to like, what is it? Can you go to a? Do you think they'd be at a gas station? Oh, should I be visiting like a like good different... what? Go to the good Seven Eleven, okay. or the like the good Circle K or whatever. The corporate store. Yeah. Okay. I can do that. what i'll do um let's see what else were we gonna i had some ideas here oh i have to ask you something very important because um yes, well like next week is um oh, holiday week so i i too. think we're probably not going to be able to yeah. record mm -hmm. but i think we have to close out by uh um, playing the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving theme. Okay. I think that's only appropriate. I think that's but completely a very, appropriate. Very important question. What are you most looking forward to eating next week? I am. I have it all planned out. I already ordered. Uh, I went online. Pre-ordered my honey-baked ham. Nice. And I got the turkey. Got everything. I got the sides. They're I was thinking if I'm going to do my own Thanksgiving and I've done others before where I've cooked and stuff, but I just really wanted the honey baked ham more than anything else. So if I'm mm -hmm. going to do that, then the turkey is a side accessory. So I don't feel bad about just, you know, like getting their version of the turkey. And so it's really all about the honey baked ham. And so, I mean, I guess that I want to like on Tuesday or whatever, I'll go to the store, I'll get some rolls Make sure I'm stocked up I'm on I'm photoshopping mayo. your face onto the Danny DeVito rum ham bit. <laughs> if, I have, if I have my ham, as long as I have it floating out in the water, I'll be fine. Um, seriously, though, I, I, I love a honey-baked ham, and there's nothing like it. Mm -hmm, Any mm -hmm. excuse I can have to get it into my house, I will. <laughs> <laughs> well... There's only the real three. There's only three real occasions, right? I mean, it's basically Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, and Easter. Those, I mean, those are the only like you can't just like I bust out a ham in like July. You know what? You know? I, I, I mean, mean you, one could, and maybe one. The honey should, baked the, the honey baked uh, honey baked ham store is open year round, and I <laughs> I would say that while. One may only get ham three times a year, typically. <laughs> that we should each enjoy. We should each give ourselves a fourth hamcation, one per quarter. No, one per quarter on average. Oh, one per quarter. <laughs> well, 
No, because in in this quarter we have to like double, double up, up right? on average. So we get four. So you get to insert one of your own choosing <laughs> into the calendar. <laughs> and if if you don't uh, observe Easter, then you also get to pick another of your choosing. Okay, so you just get one per quarter, but like you get four a year. Uh, but you can put them wherever you want. It, there's a yeah. There's it, they're amortized. Yes, actually, literally, I think that would be. They're spread out throughout. Do my hams roll over? They do, they do, they do roll over. If you haven't had a ham holiday, yet a, a ham a day, uh, then you can a ham vacation, a hamcation. Um, then you are allowed to push it to uh, the next quarter. Yes. Uh, for example, right now I'm sitting on three uh, three hamcations. If I was to choose to, however, I'm sitting on them until retirement when I can get a cash out bonus. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. I'm going to cash them all at the end. <laughs> and when I do, my employer will A man will may not live me. by ham alone. No, I'll also get some Olive Garden gift cards as a re as a reward for not calling in my ham cards. Uh, oh my God! So, uh, speaking of gift cards, yeah. my local dispensary yes. put up a deal that it said if you spend a hundred dollars worth of like if you buy or purchase like a hundred dollars worth of gift cards, um, you get like all of this weed basically for free. Uh -huh. <laughs> And I was like, wait, so you're saying I can just gift myself my own weed mm -hmm. and then just get all of this free weed anyway? Hell yeah. <laughs> See, the sales at New Mexico dispensaries are they basically just like giving stuff away. It's pretty crazy yeah, there. I don't know if that has to do with them being a nonprofit or something, but goddamn. All right. Well, yes. I'm looking forward to the day when I can actually just buy like adult gummies at like the Albertsons or at the Elsups. So That's what I want. I'm I'm, hold, I'm holding up faith, you know. I know that day will come. We'll see. It will. I believe. I know I that believe. there's a quarter there's a 7-Eleven like 3 blocks away from me here. And I know that that's where I'm going to go the day it changes in Florida when weeds in the groceries in the you know, gas station. And if I'm living somewhere else, I will fly back the day that is to go to that one by my house and be like, I'm buying weed three blocks away from my home. I fucking 7-Eleven. <laughs> Although Circle K is All not right. starting. Anyway. No. The, it's Charlie, okay. the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving theme is playing. Perfect. Give me a little, Brian. give me a little tune. What is it? Is it Christmas time? No, that's the Christmas one. No, because that's the Christmas one, but it's like the Vince Guaraldi. <laughs> I think it's probably, and I think it's all basically the same, too. It's like, it's just, a, one's like in a different key. Thanksgiving time is the best time, but Christmas time is next. Thanksgiving time is here. Yeah, see, I don't know shit. Foods. I'm gonna find a song about a ham. <laughs> yes. Man. We covered a lot of bases today. We sure did. I read a little bit more about Kyrie Irving, by the way. It's still continuing. It's a progressing story. Oh um, no. We talked about that last week, but uh 
We'll talk about it again next time. I've been watching a lot of basketball. I guess that's the only other thing I didn't. I left out. I've been watching a lot of basketball. It's fun. It's, it's a fun game. <laughs> also, boo the Houston Astros. Yeah. Boo. I didn't. Big boo. Wasn't into that. Yeah, big boo. I, I, I do wish that the can that somebody hooked at fucking Ted Cruz's head had made contact, but, you know. I didn't see that. I knew that he was there. I saw that picture, but I didn't. Wow. It was like a parade or something. Anyway, oh, oh, look yeah. it up. Look it up. Yeah. All right, front. Right. Enjoy your in, enjoy gorging yourself on ham. Thank you. I will. I hope you enjoy uh, eating all your lovely foods, and I hope that you oh, all I've... at home also enjoy this beautiful music that we're playing. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for joining <laughs> Bye. us. Bye. Grandmother's house for Thanksgiving by four thirty. I better talk to her and explain my dilemma. Hello? Grandma? This is Chuck. I, I mean, Charlie Brown. We're gonna be a little late. You see, I invited a few friends over and they're still here. Well, it's just Linus and a girl named Marcy and a girl named Peppermint Patty. She's a great baseball player. And a boy named Franklin? No, ma'am, they haven't eaten. As a matter of fact, they've let me know that in no uncertain terms. What? You mean it? Hey, Peppermint Patty, great news! We're all invited to Charlie Brown's grandmother's for Thanksgiving dinner. Isn't there an old song that goes? Over the hills and through the woods, to Grandmother's house we go. Sure, only this is the way it goes. Over the river and through the woods, to Grandmother's house, house we go. The, the horses wait to carry the sleigh on the wide and drifting snow. Over the river and through the woods, how the wind is blowing. It stings the toes and bites the nose. Over the ground we go. Well, there's only one thing wrong with that. What's that, Charlie Brown? My grandmother lives in a condominium.